one of those things, a couple of guys. Andy Randy! Andy Randy! Andy Randy! Having discussion. I be on it all night, man. I be on it all day. Straight up pimp. If you want me, you can find me in that. What are you looking at me like that for? What are you talking about? We're supposed to make eye contact. It's the Midday Show with Andy Walker and my son, my baby boy, Randy McMichael. When I crack open this mic. <laughs> that was the most media member thing that's ever been yeah. said. Starring Randy Montez McMichael as Randy and my firstborn son, Andrew Stephen Bunker as Andy. You can't say Randy without saying Andy. It's the Andy and Randy Midday Show. Boring answer. Just make sure you don't touch that dial, then we'll be cool. Touch it and use the fool. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Good morning. Welcome in Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The Midday Show with Andy and Randy with you here on a Tuesday morning. Thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it as always. Good morning to you, Randy. How are you? What's happening, man? All good over here, Andy Bunker. I am doing outstanding. Obviously, doing better than Diddy. We just had some fun with him because everybody's suing Diddy. Yeah. I went to a party. Hell, that was over 20 years ago. Maybe, I, maybe I'm suffering from, from this. No. You know, no, no, no. It was, no, no. It was people in cages and stuff. No, I'll be Andy, honest with you. With I've, the, I've noticed. With that, um, what's that, that, you remember that flashing light they used to have? Yeah, like strobe lights. Strobe lights, all that yeah. stuff, man. So no, no, I've noticed ever since all the Diddy stuff <gasps> came up, you've been acting a little differently. <gasps> I think it's I think it's sort of drudged up some old yeah, emotional distress that you've felt. Yeah, man, maybe. <gasps> in fact, I feel a little bit emotionally I've, distressed. I've, 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 uh, you've confided in I've me. I've confided in you. I think we both should I sue mean, him. Yeah, maybe maybe so. Hey, get someone, get, get I a, just all I want is one of those big suits from the uh, Mo Money Mo Problems video. That's it. I just want to dance like that. <laughs> you want to do <laughs> yeah, that? That's I, all the, I want. The Diddy dance. I just want to do the Diddy dance oh, with one no, of those big flashy yeah, suits yeah, on. Yeah, don't do that. Why not? No. Never that mind. part, you, you can, yeah, that part right there. You don't like yeah. that, I, and I really. You know what? When you say don't do it, all it makes you <laughs> do you're, is you're, do you're, it. You're gonna, you're you're gonna keep, keep doing, doing it, it for you're the next gonna, three hours. You're gonna keep doing yeah. it, man. But I know one. I forgot. I know we got to get to. How was the marathon Sunday? How oh, it, go? Uh, <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> it was <laughs> fine. Uh, I did okay. Um, you didn't get passed by any wheelchairs or nothing. Well, there's so many of them. <laughs> That's not what I. <laughs> <laughs> there's you, so many of them out there. Did you get passed by the? Uh, no, I, I I did all right. Now again, those people that that do that. What is it? Is it Steve Pierce? Yeah, it, uh, it's the Kyle Steve, Peace Foundation. Kyle Peace, Kyle, Kyle I actually, Peace, uh, some people I know are part of that. They're wildly fast, so don't feel shame. No, no feel no, shame. I, I, no, I don't. Feel shame. I don't. And it's it's also incredible, like what they're doing. Yes. I mean, they're, amazing. They're, they're they're out there working their asses off, and they're letting folks that obviously cannot run have an opportunity to be a part of that thing. And yeah, I don't know. Like when they're going downhill and you're chasing behind like a big, like uh like stroller slash wheelchair thing, the momentum's just going to carry you. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so then, no, I, what, what I did feel bad about, cause like the last two miles, I was right near this, this group of people who were pushing one of those things. And like, as we're going the uphill, I'm smashing past them. Yeah. But then the downhill hits and they're smashing past <laughs> me. And then we kind of took turns going back and forth. Uh, but it was good. It was, it was fine. I was a little bit slower than I was last year, but uh, finished, didn't die. I'm in less pain than I was last year, so okay. maybe that's good. Maybe okay. I didn't run as hard. I don't know what it was. Got a very bad blister on my, I guess we don't say pinky anymore, right? No. On my fifth toe okay. on my left foot. So I'm kind of like Trey Young okay. a little bit. Okay. My yeah. fifth toe on my left foot has a big blister on it. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm all right. I'm good. Got a big medal. That's a, Where's it at? Home? No, no, no. In-house. Oh, I don't know. Lily took it. Oh. I think uh, <laughs> I think he was trying to hit Jack with it. It was like, all right, we got to not we gotta be careful with this right. thing. You know what I mean? Uh, but no, it was good. It was fun. We had a good time. Um, Terry Fontenot is going to join us in about an hour and eight minutes. 
Raheem Morris is going to join us at 1245 as well. Mike Conti is going to join us at 1140. We'll get his take on, uh, on what happened on Saturday with Atlanta United and, of course, what the Hawks have ahead of them in the final 25 games of the season with no Trey Young. But uh, big show in the noon hour. Looking forward to talking to the general manager. You and I haven't gotten a chance to talk to Terry Fontenot since training camp right. last year. Um, I know they're meeting with the media as we speak, and they're getting asked all kinds of different questions about all kinds of different things. I agree with Steak and Sandra. Like, what the Falcons do, whether they trade into the top three to get a quarterback, if they don't, if they trade for Justin Fields, if they don't, if they sign a big free agent. Like, what the Falcons do has such a giant ripple effect around the rest of the NFL. Um, and no one knows what they're going to do. Right. But what, what they what, do do what, is going to have a big what, part of it. Why do you say that? A big ripple. Well, because say the Falcons trade for Justin Fields. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Then we know who has Justin Fields. Okay. We know what the Bears are going to do at one. Okay. For the most part, right. I feel like. Uh, and it takes them out of that conversation. Okay. I think the the I think the overwhelming feeling right now with the Falcons is that that's that's not what they're going to do. I don't think so. That but they're going to trade into the top three and try to get one of these guys. And if they do that, that's a huge ripple effect. Yeah. I got a question because I was curious. I thought about this this weekend because it, it went back to um, – the whole Ridley conversation and the contract extension with the Jaguars and the extra pick that the Falcons, because it was a two, right? Mm-hmm. If would they it, sign him. If they sign him. I mean, so that would, would the Falcons more likely to do that if they had two twos? I don't know. Man, I was I was just thinking about that. I was, Maybe. Curious, about, I was Maybe. curious about that. If they yeah. had two twos, would they make that move? Yeah. Instead of just having the – Might make uh, it more comfortable. Make it a little more comfortable mm-hmm. for giving up one of those twos. I hope not, though. Like, I, I hope that, like, having a second, second-round pick wouldn't right. be that much of an impact right. on that. Right. Like, it's a bigger decision than – than that, isn't right. it? I would think if so. You got to get your, you try to get your franchise quarterback. It's like, oh, we got a second, second round pick. Let's give it a shot. I don't want to be doing this. Let's give it a shot stuff. And I know that that's not how they viewed Ritter, but that's kind of how we looked at it. it. Was like, all right, you sure? How do you think they viewed it? This is what we're doing. Oh, and we okay. believe in it. <laughs> they better have not viewed it like that. If they were behind the scenes, like, ah, hell, we don't have any better ideas. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Then, then <laughs> more people should have been fired than actually were. Yeah. Um, I have to believe they really, <laughs> they really thought, and I think that's an interesting thing to talk to Fontenot about. Is like, what can you guys learn? I know Smith and all the coaches got fired. Right. What can you and your talent evaluators learn from that? Like that was your guys' plan last year. Yep. We got to learn and get better, right? Yeah. Every mistake every we make is an opportunity to learn. Yep. That was a big mistake. Yeah, it was. What can you learn from that? Yeah. I mean, I think that you know when you go into. This situation, and, and obviously there's some clips out with uh, Terry and uh, and Raheem meeting with the, the 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 broad media up there with the combine. Quarterback is the topic up there when mm-hmm. you come when it comes to the Falcons. And from what and we talked about this three weeks ago, it, it there there's going to be a new starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Just don't know who it is. And so now you're going through this process, and it's not an easy process to um, because for every Patrick Mahomes, because I think people are always you're always looking for a guy that can be your quarterback for a decade plus. When we talk about these big-ass contract extensions for quarterbacks, you want to have to give him one. You want to have to give out one of those because you got the right dude there. That's why Matt Ryan made so much money, because they got, they got the right dude here. And so, I mean, that's going to be the process. And it's it's always crazy because you you don't ever – and, you know – as a as an organization, you don't ever want to be desperate to go get one of those guys, meaning that you're at rock bottom. And I'm not saying the Falcons are rock bottom because they're not. I mean, you put a guy in here that's functional because they had a guy that was functional. We 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 we, we would be talking about we talking to Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith at the combine, but we're not because they didn't get that function functioning product at the quarterback position. They got if it wrong. they're not desperate at quarterback, what are they? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is this: you know, the, the, the thing about being the, the desperation and teams know this about each other is that. 
when you're desperate, sometimes you're willing to give up more than you need to to get that. Okay. You know what I mean? And so that's where the Falcons don't need to be as far as giving up too much to get to where they need to be. You talk about getting to the top three. Now, me, if, for instance, I'm like, okay, what is too much to give up? Because they have this board, a card sheet, mm-hmm. or whatever they talk about like that. How accurate is that as far as your asking price? Because you can ask for more than what's on the card. Sure. There, there's no law or something that says that you have to give up a certain amount of things. I feel pretty confident in saying that the Panthers gave up more than what was on the board yes. to go up and get yes. Bryce Young last exactly. year. Because not only did they have to give up, uh, obviously you're giving up this year's first round. You're swapping yes. first rounders. Yes. But they gave up the first rounder for this season, which mm-hmm. ended up being the number one pick. Mm-hmm. They also traded a really good player. A really good like, player. That's the part of it that you don't often see. Really you you asked this question yesterday. How many times have teams traded into the top five lately uh, to get a quarterback? Yeah. I looked it up. Six times. Okay. Six times in the last ten years, okay. teams have traded into the top five to draft their quarterback. Okay. Um, tell me which of these worked good. Okay. okay? Right. I'm Bryce Young, the jury's out. Okay. okay. Bad right. situation, whatever, first right. year. Trey Lance? No. Not good. Sam Darnold? No. Not good. Mitch Trubisky? No. Not good. Jared Goff? No. Uh, yeah. yeah. It worked out. It worked out. They went yeah. to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Um, then ultimately they had to get rid of him. And right. Bring in, and then uh, Carson Wentz. Same year. Same year. Both uh, both the, the Rams traded with the Titans to I'll get say, Jared Goff I'll and say, the Eagles traded with the Browns to get Carson I'll Wentz. I'll say yeah. I'll say yeah, Carson Wentz. Only because of the fact that he played well enough. He, he got did. hurt. Yeah. He was going to win the MVP that year. MVP that year. When he got hurt. And, and, so, and they did win the Super Bowl that year, too. Even though so he wasn't on the team. He wasn't. He was a big part of them getting there. But, I mean... That's, that's always the, the thing about it is because, say, for instance, they're not getting up to number one, and they don't get to number two. So you get to number three. How evenly do you grade these quarterbacks is one thing because you don't want to make it seem like, oh, you got the third best one. You know what I mean? And then, But as, as if that does happen, and we interview Terry or, or Raheem or anybody from the Falcons, that was our guy along. It was number one on was our number one on our board. You know? <laughs> and so that's always a funny thing when you're, say, for instance, you're trying to get up to three. There's nothing about Chicago tells me that they're ready to move off one. No, now, they want it, 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 it. And they shouldn't. It, yeah. They should stay at one and they should take Caleb Williams. Yeah, and so, I mean, it could be, you know, I mean, unless you blow Pole's socks off. Even know. still. Even don't the, you want the guy? Like I, I, You would think so. You know what I mean? Like, you would think so. Draft picks are great, but, like, I'd rather have the guy. Right. If, if he's the guy. Now, maybe they don't think he is. Maybe they evaluate him and they're like, He's okay, but you know we can go yeah, with because you know what's going to feel. You know going to happen. Uh, what about those cold winters in Chicago outside stadium? You need a big, strong quarterback to throw it through the wind and all that other crap. Okay, <laughs> he's from DC. I know that's like, why I said Caleb is not from. He's not South from California. California. He went to Oklahoma California. before he went to Southern Cal. Yeah. No, but he went to Southern Cal, so that's in him now. Yeah, dog. No, he got that. He got that. That West Coast in him. Exactly. Yeah, he got that <laughs> you know, West Coast. He got in West Coast. In he got that West Coast. In By the way, I don't know if people know this or not, but Tom Brady and Joe Montana. But doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter. Tom Brady went to Michigan, and Joe Montana that's went true. to Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. So they got. Yeah. That's right. They yeah. got that Midwest in them. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> you make up. <laughs> Whatever you got to tell yourself. Okay. Whatever you got to tell yourself. We'll come back. We'll get to what's trending here to kick off the show. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Ladies and gentlemen. For what's trending. A look at the top trending headlines of the day. Oh my God. Brought to you by Reliable Heating and Air. Is your heating and cooling system aging? Reliable's got you covered for just $29.99 a month. No deductibles or service fees, just coverage. Call to find out more.
I, I was told even before we had Terry on the show that they were going to be aggressive going to get their quarterback. So to me, the aggression is moving up in the draft to get a guy they like. Now, are you going to be able to get one of the top three teams to come off the pick? Because they all need quarterbacks. So what does that mean? It probably means getting up to four where Arizona is just so nobody can leapfrog you if they decide to do that. I don't think someone like Justin Fields or Kirk Cousins is the first option. I don't know. I don't have any science that. Mm-hmm. Jerry Fontenot sure didn't make me feel like that was the case. So that's Steve Weish, NFL Network, on the uh, radio station earlier this week, Dukes and Bell, talking about um, talking about Falcons and their aggressive approach potentially to getting their next quarterback. And, I mean, aggressive is interesting because, yes, trading up in the first round certainly would be that. Right. But also, like, giving Kirk Cousins a bunch of money, that'd be pretty aggressive too, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that count as aggressive? Yeah. You give Kirk Cousins, like, three years fully guaranteed, yeah. that's pretty aggressive. Yeah. I think trading for Justin Fields, depending on what you'd have to trade to get him, with the the likelihood being that if he plays well, you'd have to give him a massive contract next offseason. That'd be pretty aggressive, too. Like, I think the le- the only thing that wouldn't be aggressive is sitting there at eight and hoping something falls to you. Right. Like, that's not aggressive. No. It's, that's it's, passive. No. And they're not going to do is that. Is it passive? I think that would, yeah, yes. It's passive if they just stay at eight? To get a quarterback. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. Um, no, if they stay at eight and draft, you know, whatever other thing, right, then right. I think that that's okay. fine. No, but, you're just talking about but then just, again, I think, like, okay, but then you would have to have done something in free agency. Right. Right? Which would have been aggressive. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't not, you can't sit and wait at eight if you don't sign a free agent quarterback or trade for a guy. The thing, okay, sitting at eight, it, it, yeah, right. Sitting at eight right now, yeah, it's, it's fine. But if you're draft day and we're talking about the Falcons and a surprise something comes out at, say, two and uh, or at three, at three, and New England takes some another position and not not one of the quarterback. That's when you got to be aggressive and call it call Arizona and like, hey, because Arizona needs a receiver. We know that mm-hmm. there's three highly rated receivers. You can get one of those guys, maybe. Yeah, you may be able to get. But one. even that scenario seems look. Obviously, anything could happen. We're right. Going to talk through as many different scenarios as we can think of between now and then. But that scenario seems that seems hard for me because that would mean that. They didn't know that was going to happen, right? Right. That would mean they were content waiting at eight to maybe something would happen, maybe it wouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know like, exactly what you mean. I just I have a hard time believing we're going to draft night, and the Falcons haven't done something in free agency or a trade, mm-hmm. and they're not planning on trading into into the top. No, three. I think that if you get to the draft and they're still at eight, they got their quarterback on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They, that's yep. what I'm saying. They if they stay at you, you would hope. Because they're nope. like, because the thing about it is, like, just like you said, unless they have this, uh, a talk with New England and everything like that, like I said, the the, um, the Carolina Bears trade went down this week, uh, the week after the combine or at the combine, one of them when right. they made that. Right. Remember when um, when San Fran did their trade to go up yep. to three? It happened. Well, remember that time. San Fran did a weird thing, didn't they? Do like a double trade? Yes. Didn't they trade with Miami first and then they traded up with somebody else or whatever? There was three teams involved in that one for them to get up to number three to yes. get to get Trey Lance. Um, but yes, all that stuff tends to start this time of year. The other part about it is like, you know, it, it, we're ob- obviously going to talk about it always from the Falcons perspective and what they need and what they need to do. All of this requires a partner and always or, or competition, like a strong arm, nobody and, and hey, op- give me that pick an open market. Oh. Like there, there's a world in which, all right, say plan a is just for the sake of argument, say plan a is Kirk cousins, right? Well, if somebody offers him more money. He's going to go there. You got to go to Plan B. Okay, Plan B is trade for Justin Fields. 
well, somebody offers them better trade compensation, they're going to take that. You know, it's okay. So, all right, plan C is to trade up into the top three to get one of these guys. Well, somebody offers a better trade back. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's a world in which all the things you want to do are blocked off by somebody offering more than you offer. Right. So, that's why all of this involves risk, and all of this is. I mean, it's it's infinitely interesting because there's a million different avenues to get there. Yeah. But like, is it? It's a tough spot for the Falcons to be in because they really don't control their own destiny as far as this goes with a quarterback in order to get the guy they truly want, likely, unless they want J.J. McCarthy at number eight or an outlier like that. Um, they're going to have to have a partner in this, and that's what complicates it. Yeah, I mean, it's always whenever somebody kind of holds – Kind of holds what you kind of holds the the cards of something that when you want it. If you want something, you obviously got to ask somebody for it. You know, you got to make a deal to ask somebody for it, and you're going to compete against people. Because I do believe that in, if, if we're talking about, and I'll, I'm just going to put Justin Fields. I got. I want to listen to this clip real quick of, uh, of Brian Poles at the podium talking about Justin Fields. But it's, say for instance, Justin Fields is available. Then you put him up against him. Uh, Russell, and you put him against Kirk all those Because Kirk, I mean, I know Sean Payton came out and said the decision on Russell Wilson will be made in the next couple of weeks. We yeah. know what decision. We know what they're going to do. So you put it up against those three. There's probably going to be competition for all three of those sure. guys. Now, they one will. one will be a, a draft compensation. That would be for Justin Field because he's under contract. And the other one is with Russ. And will Russ come to your team? Because Russ is going to be a free agent. So Russ is going to be able to pick where he wants to go, just like Kirk Cousins will be able to do. And so now you're going to have to match. Now, the biggest thing with Russ, I don't think you're going to have to match money. I think you're going to have to match whether he wants to be there or not. Yeah. You know, because Russ is getting 39 in the thing. Yeah, he's got yeah. all the money, and he's going to get it next year, and yeah. he's got plenty and all yes. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he wants to go somewhere he can win. Exactly. So where did, so you got to put that in competition. How does he view your team versus the other teams that are courting him? And the thing with uh, Kurt is, like, show me the money. Show right. me the bag. Right. You know, because I'm used to getting that. And so why would I take less? <laughs> I've become accustomed to yeah. a certain lifestyle. Yeah, I've become accustomed to getting faulty. Them These Coles short sleeve flannels don't come cheap. You know what I mean? These are 80 bucks. Even though I do have a Coles sponsorship now, which is more proof that Kirk Cousins knows what he's doing. Yeah, he the man's a, playing the game. You got a Coles sponsorship? Yeah, man. He's endorsing Coles. Hell yeah. Everybody made fun of him for being a Coles mannequin. You know what he said? I'll just do some Coles commercials. Yeah. <laughs> I, get that ca- I get that cash while y'all still up there. Clowning me. Yeah, you clowning me. Look at you. You dress like you shop at Kohl's, too. You just don't have $40 million guaranteed dollars to play quarterback. No. So keep making fun. Yeah. Anyway, um, if you look at the like the possibility of – because somebody just tweeted out it's like a total wild card, which I don't think would happen, but it, it would be crazy if it did. Mm-hmm. Say the Bears just stay at one and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, okay. That'd be crazy. Yep. No one would see that one coming. Right. Obviously, that would mean that they would be sticking with Justin Fields. Yep. Now, sticking with Justin Fields – I don't think it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but right. it's but that's also like that's something that happens over the course of the next two months. Like sticking with Justin Fields, by the time we get to draft night, we would know that they're sticking with Justin Fields. Right. Right? Yeah. Like Justin Fields is likely to get traded in the next two weeks. Yes. If they have Justin Fields on draft night, there's a pretty decent chance they might be sticking with Justin Fields. Yes. So by the time you get to the draft, that wouldn't be the most crazy thing in the world. When you think about like the potential for something crazy happening before the Falcons pick, is there a team that you look at and you're like, I don't know. Everyone thinks they're doing this. I don't buy it. I don't know that they're doing that. Uh, say it again? If there's a team that picks before the Falcons okay. that you could see kind of throwing a wrench into what everyone thinks is going to happen, mm, okay. who is that team? Giants. Really? Yep. Doing what? If they, if a quarterback, maybe trading up. Yeah, maybe trying to get up and get a quarterback. I just, something about the Patriots. I don't know. Well, I think, the, the, I, I go back something to Something about the Patriots. I don't buy that they're 100% taking a quarterback. I, I, that's why I said it goes back to something I was talking about. When you talk about putting a young quarterback in the best possible situation to succeed, it's it ain't not there. there. No, it's not there. You know what I mean? It's not there. They don't have 
they have crap offensive mm-hmm. weapons. And so do you move out of that spot and get you some guys, some more playmakers and all those things, and just, you know, deal with Matt, deal with Mac Jones. And or I know, I know it's you, not or, Belichick anymore. Or bring um, – But boy, do they love trading back. Or bring um, – um, oh, God. Jacob Brissett back or somebody like that. Sure. And, 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 and A bridge some, quarterback. You know what I mean? That could be the case right there. So that's what I'm saying. You can move up and probably get that. And so – that that's one spot where a lot of people are looking at, yeah. because of the fact is that you want to draft your quarterback in the future, but you don't got nothing to support your quarterback in the right. future up there. Right, you put Jaden Daniels on that team, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Yeah, it's going to be bad. And so, I mean, that's always the the possibility of, of where they could go. Uh, so, I mean, I'm with you on the New England thing, but then that's why I said if there's a, somebody in front of them that could possibly jump, is it's probably the Giants. Yeah. I don't think the Giants are sold. On, well, I know the Giants aren't sold on him, and does. What's they, the money situation? Because they did just 40, pay him. 40. So they owe him 40, yeah. and then that's kind of that. Yeah. And right? so that's my thing. That's a lot. That's a lot. I know it's one year. But but, but then you look at it like, is Brian Dable, because he's on a hot seat. He is. is he willing to put his job in the hands of Daniel Jones again? He already did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, this dude, what was the damn award show last couple weeks ago? He just won the coach of the year two weeks ago. A year, a year two weeks ago. He was named coach of the year in the NFL. And then fast forward less than a year, and yeah. it's Tommy DeVito time. Yeah. Like, Man, the NFL comes at you fast. It does, dog. It comes it at does. you fast. Uh, we were making some uh, some fun of this yesterday. We didn't actually have the audio of it. Now we do. Here's Paul Johnson talking about Jeff Collins. You know, he just distorted everything when he got there. I mean, I'll just call a spade a spade. I don't. I don't care. I got no respect for the guy, so Damn. I can say what I want. Uh, he he went in and distorted everything that was there and acted like we'd never won a game. I know. And lied about who he inherited, lied about the offensive line, lied about, you know, us not going to the high schools in Georgia. He just told a bunch of whoppers. <laughs> he told a bunch of damn whoppers. Paul Johnson. Get his ass, Paul. I really, really love that. Get like, him, Paul. That's uh, not often that a coach is mm-hmm. just going to be that honest about a situation. Boy, that ruffled his feathers, didn't it? It did. No, he, <laughs> and I don't blame him. I don't blame he, him at all. He'd been stewing on that one. Yeah, absolutely. He'd been, sit, he'd been sitting on I'm that I'm sure he one. wasn't rooting against him because you don't. maybe you don't do that, maybe you do. I don't, maybe he was rooting against him. But like, he, he was, was like, all right, they got me out of there, and this guy's coming in here saying what a bad job I did. We'll he was, see. He was stewing on that one right there. <laughs> he said, like, I don't I, have any respect for him. Like, I bet he was like, once, once, once he got fired, like, <laughs> <laughs> You think he got like a burner phone and just tweeted him? Uh, you know he did. You know don't let the door no, hit. I'm not gonna, I'm not just say texted that. him. But I'm just don't saying, let the, dog, don't let the door hit the way, you on the way that, out. Like you don't ever hear coaches say they don't have respect yeah. for another. You don't coach. never like, hear. There's that. just a base level of I'm a coach, you're a coach. Yeah. We know how hard it is. Whatever. Like I have respect for you in that Unbelievable. way. Unbelievable. Don't have any respect for him. I love it. Damn. I don't know. I already like Paul Johnson because he's just kind of a grumpy old dude. Me too. And won a lot of games yeah. and obviously is a very good football coach. Yes. Something about, I don't know. He was sitting on that. Is it like the fact that I like grumpy old guys being grumpy old guys? Am I like, is it the first step towards me becoming a grumpy old guy? No. No? No. I don't want to ever be one. No. Never want to be one. Never want to be that guy. But I might, I don't no, know. No, it's not in your DNA. Every day, every day there's something that gets me closer. I'm like, that's dumb and I hate it. <laughs> that's not, like, no, don't do that. No. That, doesn't mean no. you, that doesn't mean you're grumpy. That means you just don't like something. It's okay to not like something. I got so mad on the podcast. Abe was telling me about some guy who streams something. He said he was more famous than Brandy. Yeah. And I was like, Brandy, don't but, besmirch but, the name of but, Brandy. But there's a damn difference, man. This generation, like it's I know, but that's it. Brandy is famous for a talent. 
This other person ain't got no talent, but he's famous. I'm not mad at that. Get your hustle on. I'm mad at it. Get your hustle on. <laughs> yeah. Get your hustle on. I'm a little mad at it. I don't know. See, I think I'm turning grumpy. Uh, I'm going to be 40 this year. Before you know it, I'm just going to be on my porch screaming at people. It's inevitable. Mike Conti is going to join us next. We'll talk some Hawks. We'll talk some Atlanta United. Don't go anywhere. Sports Radio 92 in the game. Just told a bunch of whoppers. And now, here's another Andy and Randy listener. Hey there, youngins. Shut your pie hole. Don't you make me pull this car over. I'm trying to hear Andy and Randy on the midday show on 92.9 The Game. Get on out of here. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Half an hour away from Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot joining the show. Live from the Combine. About an hour away from Raheem Morris joining the show as well. So a lot of Falcons, not just conversation. We can have Falcons conversation in the noon hour every day. We do pretty much. We're going to have Falcons conversations with the brain trust of the Atlanta Falcons in the noon hour today. So half an hour from now, Terry Fontenot will join us. We'll get to an NFL no huddle in about 15 minutes as well. Mm. Before we do any of that, though, first and foremost, let you know this hour brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Go to markspain.com. Get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing. Hey, Let's man. Get- Nothing like in, nothing like Mike Conti and NWA goes together, don't it? No, oh, yeah. Yeah, Mike Conti and NWA just it just flows together. Mm-hmm. Mike Conti, you you, yeah. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Okay, let's make it sure. I like yeah. Mike. Mike, that's what Mike Bobbins said to it. Yeah, yeah. It, I I have some flow. I would like to think. I think I mean, so. I've always said a that. little bit of flow. Mike has flow. That's what I've always said. <laughs> let's get Mike in here. Well, he's in it's here, time right? to check in Mike with in. Atlanta Mike United and Atlanta Hawks broadcaster Mike Conti. Slides it forward. A shot. Score. Brought to you by Lindy and the Empower Home Team. Mike Conti joins us every single Tuesday at this time, uh, live in person. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm good. Making me think of my favorite NWA album, as a matter of fact. Best of NWA. <laughs> hey, that, that, that is great the, that, that is the first one I ever bought. <laughs> yeah. Right, I, I didn't yeah. buy the original NWA. No. I bought that. I the bought best that. of. I bought yeah. that CD right it, there. It's the a winner. Of. I bought that right there. I sure. I damn sure. I think did. I got it at Target. Actually, it was uh, it was on sale. <laughs> it's great. Um, all right. There's really no way to transition from that to anything else. So I'm not going to try to. The Hawks are in action tonight at home. John Collins will be in the building. Yeah. Tribute video. Oh, there has to be. A tri- be. Listen, the Hawks did a tribute video for Mike Scott. Come on, man. The Hawks did a tribute video for DeAndre Bembry. Hey, when Mike like, Scott came back, I saw him post-game because I was doing the post-game show from in the building. He had a Magic City hockey jersey on. It was really? the coolest thing I've ever seen. That is cool. It said yeah. Mike Scott on the back of it. And the front of it is and, Magic and, and, City. And, and, and they gave that to him. Yeah, he yeah, earned yeah, that. Yeah, they gave that he to him. He earned yes. that. And not, a su- not a pseudonym. Like, actually, Mike Scott. I just Scott. said Mike Scott yeah. on the yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. no. I, <laughs> actually, so it's funny. A couple years ago. Uh, they did a tribute video when Dwight came back, and I heard it was actually not like incredibly well received among some people. And there actually, I think after that point, was a little bit of a cutback uh. in tribute videos. Where now they do like tribute slides, mm. where they show some guys like picture and it's, hey, everyone, please rise and welcome back uh, Aaron Holiday or, or something like that. Right. I think John Collins absolutely yeah. is tribute video worthy, and I, I would expect. I don't know for sure, but I would expect they would do something for him tonight. Mike, uh, go back up. To, I know we don't want to go back up to Columbus, but what did you see? Because, I mean, us watching it, me and Andy talked about it on Monday. It just looks like guys that are still trying to f- figure out their way through the scheme and everything. Totally agree uh, with that. Obviously, Brad was great, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. I mean, you stop a PK. I mean, that, that's awesome. But overall, the overall team itself still trying to adjust to each other. Yeah, and I think actually over the course of the 90 minutes, it you started to see it right. come together. Right. Uh, there was a stretch between maybe the 15th and the 30th minute 
uh, capped off with that goal by Kucha, where Atlanta United clearly lost control of that game. Uh, look, Columbus is better than Atlanta United right now. I mean, even after all of the offseason maneuvers that uh, Atlanta United has made, they're the defending champions. They're better than Atlanta United right now. It's unfortunate Atlanta United had to open their season. We talked about this last Friday. Like, this might be the toughest game on the entire schedule for Atlanta United, a road game in Columbus. And you had to start there, and you had the whole, you know, goofiness with snow, and, and it looked like they might have actually had to play in snow. And Pineda told us on Friday they had a plan to deal with the snow and everything. So it was, it, it was kind of a goofy buildup to the game itself. I did think, though, once Almada found the game, once Sleesh got a little more comfortable, um, then it started to look promising for Atlanta United. Now, not going to sugarcoat. Like, they didn't score. Right. They didn't win. So they got a long way to go. But I was, I think, relatively encouraged with what I saw at the end of the match. And I did not leave that stadium on Saturday really feeling uh, all that concerned about what I saw. It, it, it was a a tough 15 minutes there in the first half. I think otherwise it was a pretty even game. Yeah, I just wish they played again sooner. You know what I mean? Because like, oh, me too. What we what we yeah. need is to see these guys play with each other as much as possible. Yeah, as early in the season as possible to figure out was okay that just a really hard day in Columbus against a really good team, bad conditions, first game of the season, or was it was it something else? I, I tend yeah. to be with you in agreement that it kind of was that, but it sucks that we're not going to get a chance no. to see him again well, it, for a like, minute. And that's a really, really good example. Like in 2018, Atlanta United, that's the year they won the Cup. Atlanta United opens the season in Houston, and they get drilled. Remember that. And it's 4-0 yep. at halftime. Yep. They get blown out. They come back the next week at home, and they defeat D.C. United relatively comfortably. And from there, they actually went on a pretty nice winning streak. And they ran away with uh, pretty much everything until the final day of the season when Red Bulls caught them and they lost the Supporters' Shield. But you knew relatively quickly that they were going to bounce back. 2019, which also turned out to be an excellent season for Atlanta United, they lost 2-0 in D.C., then they had to go to Mexico. They got blown out by Monterey in the Champions League. Then they came back here, and I think they had a scoreless draw against Cincinnati, who was an expansion team. And and then they struggled against Monterey again in Philadelphia. Now you're really panicking, like, oh, boy, uh, something's wrong here. I would like to know more quickly than March 9th if something is wrong here or if what happened on Saturday was just kind of a one-game aberration. The one thing that really helps Atlanta United, most of the games they play in March, not all of them, but most of them, are going to be against teams that are playing in the CONCACAF Champions Cup who are going to have to play midweek. Like New England and Orlando are going to be on short rest when they come into Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So in that regard, I think the schedule maker, yeah, did a little disservice to Atlanta United by giving them the early bye week, but maybe also did them a favor by giving them these Champions League teams that they're going to have to play coming up. Mike, there's no uh, no bright side to losing your best player, talking about the Hawks. Uh, and I, me and Andy, we talked about it yesterday. It's four weeks before he's evaluated again. I just we, I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to play anymore this year. But I agree. Is there a bright side to this without having Trey right now? Um, Yeah, I you know, it, it's never good to lose your best player. I want to be so careful. Like I even right. heard Dukes and Bell kind of go down this road yesterday, and I – I winced a little bit. Like, no, I, I don't think this is like any kind of um, 
opportunity for the team to show something without Trey that maybe they haven't shown till now. The the Hawks, just by the numbers, are a better team with Trey Young than without. So I, I want to be like really careful not to start right. that narrative. But then with that said, I think it absolutely is an opportunity now for guys like Kobe Bufkin, Garrison Matthews, short minutes guys in the backcourt to get a little bit more seasoning. I think Bufkin is someone who's done really well in the G League this year, and I'm a little surprised he hasn't played more in the NBA. Now he's going to get his chance. So that would be a positive. The other thing I'll just bring up, uh, I think a lot of people are shoveling dirt on the Hawks' season already. I'd be a little bit careful about that. They're still three games ahead of Brooklyn for 10th. It's going to take a monumental collapse for them to not make the play-in. 10 of the final 24 games they play this year against teams currently in the lottery. So I would not in any way, shape, or form rule out that the Hawks are going to comfortably make the play-in round. Now, whether they advance out of the play-in round into the playoffs and if they go anywhere from there, who knows? It might all be gravy. But you might get Trey back by then, and then, you know, uh, it could be a different story. But I, I think there was a lot of just premature on Sunday, ah, season's over. And I don't think that's true yet. I think uh, this team in its final 24 games, they're going to go down swinging. And I, if we've not seen anything from the Hawks this year. It's just in limited circumstances, they've might maybe not shown the amount of fight and competitiveness that we'd like for them to see that I think might even be limited to just one game before the All-Star break. For the most part, this is a group that has not shown any type of quit. Uh, so let's see. Let's see what happens. I, I think it's a, maybe a big chance for the rookies. Uh, I don't look at this as, oh, it's a chance for DeJounte Murray to take the team over. I don't, I don't, I don't see it that I way. I don't either. I mean, I hope he plays great. I obviously. think he will play great. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't either. Mike, thank you. See you guys. We appreciate, appreciate it. it, Mike. Mike Conti there. We'll come back. We'll get to a uh, NFL no huddle to kick off the noon hour. Again, Terry Fontenot, Falcons general manager, going to join us at 1215. Raheem Morris going to join us at 1245 as well. Don't go anywhere. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. <laughs> We're going no huddle. With the midday show, no huddle. The best the NFL has to offer. Go now, let's go! Set. <laughs> <laughs> this hour brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Go to markspain.com, get a guaranteed offer on your home today, and start packing. Uh, an abbreviated edition of the NFL No Huddle as we'll get to a, a break here a little bit early so we could get a commercial in. And then on the other side of the break, Terry Fontenot, Falcons general manager, is going to join us live from Indianapolis as they are getting ready to uh, to take in the, the scouting combine. Watch the guys work out. Interview these guys. Yeah. Get to know them a little bit. Let's find out another quarterback who doesn't want to compete, Drake May. See? Yep. Don't want to compete. These kids these days. Don't want to compete. No spirit of competition yes, whatsoever. Don't want to compete. Except for guys have been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Right? He just doesn't want to throw or work out. Yeah. But he's going to have medical examinations. Mm-hmm. That's competitive. <laughs> Turn and cough. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? No, they don't do that. Oh, they don't do yeah, that? Yeah, they don't. What yeah. do they do? It's more uh, x-rays and everything. Oh. A- x-rays, EKGs. It ain't like. Oh, like internal stuff. Yeah, it ain't the old, like, <laughs> when you get your sports physical at the damn, uh, at the drugstore. It's not as easy as that. <laughs> yeah, dude. I re- Just to get your physical bruh, sheet signed so you could bruh, play bruh. sports at high that school. Was all, I don't care what nobody says. That was, like, leave me alone, dog. I mean, that was always – I'm telling you, I had, I, I played that long, and I, all these physicals that I had, because you always got to get one when you come in sure. to the season. Not one time has that ever happened in the NFL. Okay. Not one time. When I was Not a kid, time. when I was younger, um, our family doctor was actually one of my really good friend's moms, yeah. which was fine until puberty. Oh. 
And then I think everyone sort of made the realization, like, yeah, we should probably part ways. Yeah. Like, you know, annual physical for high school sports. You probably don't want to go yes, see your friend's exactly. mom. Exactly. Yeah. So your, your friend's mom saw you jump? Once. <laughs> but that was unrelated to the physical. Oh no, it, it was. It was the. It was. I was, was just kidding. To the physical. I didn't have sex with my friend's mom. I'm just kidding. Oh, um, oh, oh. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, oh, it was yeah. the. It was like the first physical of high school, and I was like, I think that was uncomfortable for everyone. We probably shouldn't do that again. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. sitting there at her damn at her dinner table eating macaroni, yeah. and she's seeing your junk. And just the day before, yeah, yeah she yeah. turned and coughed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, we we. Uh, yeah, I'd be very uncomfortable. We should have realized before, you know. Did, you, did Barbara make you do it? Well, I had to get a physical. Did we didn't. Take- we didn't think about it really. It was like, all right, this is the doctor we go to. Right. Got to get a physical for sports. Right. Get one. And she told you to drop. I mean, you do. I don't remember what it all was, but you know, they, they touch and stuff. You all know. Right. Okay. But it wasn't like it wasn't like bad. It was, you know. I'm not scarred. Okay. We don't have to sue anybody. All right. Okay. All right. I'm just, I'm just saying that's what it was. Okay. So that's not what. Uh, it's not what. Not what Drake May's having happen, huh? Okay. Not doing that? No, he's not doing it. He's not doing it. All right. You just move on then? Yep. Okay. Here's Steve Weiss talking about Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I tell you what, if he's available the first day of free agency, I could see Atlanta being played with Baker Mayfield. He played in a system like no. Jack Robinson. Remember when he came right. to L.A.? And he was really good. I mean, he came in with four or five games left, started on a week's worth of practice, and was really good. And I think what Dave Canales did with him down in Tampa last year, his confidence now is probably where it should be. So I think Baker Mayfield would actually be an excellent fit. I don't know if it's going to happen, but Tampa, if they want to compete and roll with it one more time with that roster that they have, which is aging, they better lock him up because first day of free agency, he might be gone. No, let Tampa have him. Yeah. Yeah, let's have it. That's all theirs. Yeah, let me have it. You guys go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, you go ahead. That's not real, is it? I know Steve Weiss knows what he's talking about. No, 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 no. Let Tampa have it. Yeah, let Tampa have it. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. The re the revital. I mean, he's better than Desmond yeah, Ritter, yes, but yes. that's again, the re- that's not the bar here. The revitalization of quarterbacks' careers is very, very tricky when you talk about going to get him to be your start quarterback. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it works sometimes. Like it worked with it worked with Baker. Okay, but it don't work a lot. Right, it don't work out a lot. But uh, no, no offense to Baker, he had a really nice year yeah. last year, and and, and mm-hmm. congratulations to him. He had bounced around the league and all that kind of stuff. With Baker, there is, there's but, but, but there's also I have to feel like he's being graded a little bit on the curve of what the quarterback position was in the NFL the last couple of years, right? Like quarterback play was was not good across no. the league. No. Like Baker Mayfield was better than average because average was what? Yeah, I mean, if you consider all these damn backup quarterbacks that play. Exactly. Yeah. That's, and again, like, Baker deserves this and, and the credit that he's getting and all this, whatever contract he gets, but, like, that's not that's not a good enough that's not a good enough answer for me from the Falcons. I don't think that that can be what they do. Now, again, maybe you get on down the list of, like, we wanted to do this, didn't work, we wanted to do that, it didn't work, we wanted to do this, it didn't work, and that's what you get left with, but you got to do better than that, hopefully. Here's Russell Wilson talking about his goals remaining in his career. I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through, whether it's in Denver or somewhere else. I, I hope it's in Denver. You know, I hope I get to finish there. I, I committed there. I wanted to be there. You know, I want to be there. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win too. Well, I think that, you know, the thing Russ is doing, he's not burning bridges. You know, he's not doing that. Well, you, you never know. Except in that's Seattle. Yeah. That bridge but is me, torched. But, but, but me, I don't, and it might not be because Russ is going to be back. Russ is one of the best players to ever play. They're probably the best quarterback that's ever played for the Seahawks. So 
So those are type things. Definitely. That, those are the type things that'll get smoothed out over time. Maybe. That will. It will. It'll get smoothed out. Sean Alexander's never been back. Yeah, huh? Sean Alexander's never been back. That organization's weird, man. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. It'll work out. Sean will be back one time. Sean ain't never rose the flag? No, I don't think so. Maybe. Yeah, that's right. Maybe. Be, yeah, yeah. But I think that Russ, you know, he's just playing it like he's supposed to. I mean, uh, we talked, Sean Payton already said that, um, you know, the next two weeks, because his, uh, that, uh, his not this year's salary, but his 25 salary is guaranteed if he's on the roster uh, by the star freeze or maybe a day or so after. So they're going to move that. That's some guaranteed millions, and they're going to get rid of that. And then he goes back to Russ being a free agent and Russ to get deciding where he wants to go. Uh, who's pursuing them, and when you're pursuing them, how much are you giving them? Now, if I'm Denver, I'm waiting until the last second to make this move because maybe you might find a, a dummy. I yeah. doubt it. Yeah, may- you maybe may, you, may find a dummy. you no. get a desperate general manager yeah. who no. makes a bad decision. Yeah, my thing with the, Andy is if Russ is willing, because he said he – I haven't heard Russ say this out of his mouth because he's still talking about Denver. Is Russ willing to take the vet minimum, even though he's getting all his money from Denver, is he willing to take the vet minimum to play for somebody? If that's what it comes to, I'm sure he will. Okay. But I don't think that's – he probably doesn't want to. No, that's what I'm saying. You know? Like, Oh, because uh, I keep saying – oh, Russ is going to play for the league minimum and, and league vet minimum. We sure? I have no idea. Oh. How does that work in terms of him getting all of his money from Denver? Well, as long as – like, basically, what he, basically like? what, whatever he gets is deducted from what Denver owes him. So if he gets $5 million, they owe $34 million. Oh, so then he doesn't – what does he care? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to get it all anyway. That's what I'm saying. Right? But uh, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, like that's a – like Russ already been humbled. This is like, you know, you go from making forty to five. Yeah, but he's still getting forty. But he's still getting forty. But it's but then you look at it as a man. Sure. Yeah, like damn, you're fine. <laughs> but then if you could go to that team and the team's good and they have to spend less money on the quarterback because you're there making and the I, league and minimum. That's why I said Russ is not Russ is not going Russ is going to a team like Atlanta or Pittsburgh. Yeah. I don't see him going to the dude. Russ taking the league minimum is like the best thing he could do I, for I, that team. I don't see him going to Vegas. No, nah. I see him. I see Atlanta, Pittsburgh, and we know Pittsburgh is. We gotta go. I know Pittsburgh is saying they don't want to bring in somebody who wants to start for Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be mm. interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Giants, where he ends maybe. Because this is kind of it. Like he's got to play good. Yeah. Otherwise, that's that, and then yeah. it's over. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll come back. Uh, no, Terry Fontenot going to join us next. Raheem Morris going to join us at 1245. Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot joins the show. Coming up next, do not go anywhere. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Right now, back to more Andy and Randy. Get your biz on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game midday show with Andy and Randy with you here. Tuesday afternoon, this hour brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Go to MarkSpain.com. Get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing. You all right? I keep hitting the wrong button. I keep hitting the cough button. I keep hitting the home button. <laughs> you turn your mic on just to cough. That's good. That's what oh, people man. know. Oh. You got to clear your throat Ooh. before we get Terry Fontenot like, in here. Why does it keep coming in my ear? <laughs> Falcons General Manager Terry Fontenot going to join us uh, just a minute or two from the Combine as uh, they're up there meeting with the media getting ready to interview a whole bunch of different prospects, watch these guys work out, all that good stuff. Uh, Raheem Morris is going to join us in about half an hour as well. So over the next 45 minutes or so, jam-packed with Atlanta Falcons brain trust conversations. It's funny because we it, it, and we do it just like everybody else does it around this time, just like every, whenever we think of a prospect. Because I, I think the only, and this is just my opinion, I think the only can't-miss prospect in this draft is Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. I do. I think this. I think in the tackle for Penn State. Yeah. Oh, Olu Fashano. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a man right Boy, there. Boy, I really like Brock Bowers a lot too. 
Well, I mean, that, that goes without saying. Yeah. That goes without I feel saying. He feels pretty, can't, pretty close just, to can't miss. I just think, you know, and that's the thing about it when you have so, – that's why I always ask when, when you look at certain positions and when there's certain positions that are all, like, projected in the first top ten picks, whatever there's multiple position players at the position, you all, I always ask myself, how evenly graded are these mm-hmm. guys? Because we look at the three receivers that are projected to be the top two. You look at Marvin Harris Jr., you look at Dunze, and you look at Neighbors. Mm-hmm. Like, how closely graded are Now, I know all three of them dudes is ballers. Mm-hmm. They are straight straight up ballers. Yeah, I don't think you're going wrong if you're getting you know, any and, one of those three And that's guys. the thing about it. And that's how I view these three quarterbacks. Would you have that same opinion about the three quarterbacks, the same way you would have about these receivers? Not quite. I, I think that I feel similarly about – Two and three. Mm-hmm. I think Drake May and um, and Jaden Daniels are really close and both really, really good. Right. And I think situation is going to matter a lot for those guys because right. you know how that goes for quarterbacks. Right. Like, you know, you get in the wrong spot and you can just struggle for a couple of years because you're just not protected. I think Caleb Williams is going to be good no matter where he goes. Okay. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little too high on him. Maybe not. I don't know. But I, I think he's exactly what you want in a quarterback these days. I think Harrison is above those other two guys. Mm-hmm. I think. They're both very good in in terms of neighbors and Odunze, mm. but I guess no. I guess I do view it similarly because right. I think I think Caleb Williams is up there, and then the next two guys are similar, very good, but similar. Uh, and then I think Harrison is way up there, and I think Odunze and Neighbors are very good, but not quite on the same level. Okay, like I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to the Hall. Of Fame. I do too. Like man. I think that guy is going to Canton. Like, like that guy's going to go into the NFL and just dominate like, for as long as I, he wants to, and then he's going to Canton. And I, I think, I, and I don't like the the one player I looked at as a receiver is like, like damn. Was like was Calvin when I yeah. saw when I saw Calvin I was like damn when I saw Fitz I yeah was Larry like, Fitzgerald exactly damn exactly you know when I saw guys like that at the receiver position that's what like when I see Marvin Harrison that's what I was like damn me too me too yeah even though he got compiled over there you know by Bullard well you get hit sometimes yeah you yeah, know yeah but that's the reason they lost so they wanted we had Marvin Harrison yeah you get hit sometimes yeah. you know football yeah. is football yeah. <laughs> it got blasted you know what the ball was up in the air for a really long time you know everybody's looking up. What are you going to do? I know who wasn't looking up. <laughs> Not Bullard. <laughs> Bullard was looking straight at his chest plate, and he put his shoulder yeah, right I know, through I know, the middle I know, of it. I know who wasn't looking up. Yeah, no, right yeah, through but his I mean, obviously chest plate. It's, uh, we, they've been talking to everything, and I remember when Terry was talking about, you know, before Ra and everybody moved here to Atlanta, how they were talking. I, I was texting him at like 5 in the morning. I'm just like, I'm laying there with you, with, you, with you laying in bed, your phone ringing, and you know who it is. <laughs> Damn. What up, Ra? Yeah. Because it's probably th- two in the morning out there. Two in the morning, it's two on, in the the morning out on the west coast, and he, he go around, or ding, whatever. Uh, what up, bro? Terry, I got something. I got an idea. I got an idea, Terry. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. Like in terms of these two guys, yeah. like who's out energying the other? I don't know because you know what I, mean? I know both of them got high energy. They're right up. There. If, it, hold on, you're a damn NFL GM. You don't sleep. No, you don't. And also, yeah. Terry Fontenot seems to me like one of those guys. And I'm like this. I don't know if you are or not, but like I'm one of those guys that if you call me and wake me up, uh-huh. I'm gonna try to pretend like I wasn't asleep. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, what's going on? Uh, no, no, I wasn't asleep. Uh, yes, you were. It's four thirty in the morning. No, 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 no. I was up. I was man. up. I was up. I was already up. Yeah. Like Terry Fontenot strikes me as a guy that wants you to think he was up too. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was working on my draft board. Hey, I was, what are you talking I'm doing about? Doing my draft man. board. Hey, I've already had three three protein shakes. Yeah. I've walked on the elliptical. Yeah, I was doing a little, yeah. a little lower body. What yeah. do you mean? What are you doing? Yeah, just what's going on. That's that's me though. When I'm up that early, and then I'll, I like I open up my Twitter, and it's be like comments from the night before, and I do, try my best at 4:30 in the morning not to answer <laughs> the tweets because I'm like I'm up with the damn. 
I'm up here with you know the you know mm-hmm. with everybody the, the, with the what they call the overnight shift people. Yes, and I'm, I'm with up, you. I'm up here laughing at tweets so, and somebody <laughs> and somebody sent uh, that I sent out before I went to bed, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Damn, I can't I can't respond. To I try man. not, especially if it's you know try try to avoid any sort of negative interactions on Twitter anyway, because what's the point? Yeah. Um, but if I'm gonna respond to a negative comment, I try to wait for the sun to come up. Like, I don't want to make it seem like I rushed to get out of bed to argue with you on Twitter. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, if somebody said something like, oh, that sucked, you're dumb, you don't know what you're talking about, right. and like 1130 and I was already asleep, uh-huh. and I happen to wake up when my, li- my wife leaves for work at like 4 a.m. or something uh-huh. like that, and I look at my phone. I can't tweet that guy back at 4 a.m. because it looks like I got up at 4 a.m. to argue with that guy. I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to tweet 4 a.m. and you say something crazy. I'm going to say something crazy. I'll let the sun come up. I'm going to say something crazy. I'll wait. I'll let the birds chirp first and then I'll chirp back. Would the birds chirp and put you in a good mood? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, also, if I wait longer, then maybe I won't respond to the guy. Yeah, but I don't really want to respond to the guy. Yeah, tear me up when, when, ding, he land down and ding. (sighs) What up, bro? Hey, Terry. Yeah. I got a new idea. That's the question for Terry Fontenot as he joins us right now. How many times over the last three weeks since Raheem Morris has been hired has he woken you up out of a slumber calling you with a, with a new idea that he's got? <laughs> Andy or Andy, what's up, guys? What's up, brother? So that's, it's, it's unreal. It, it, it definitely has happened, but not just him. It's, now it's starting to happen with, with Jimmy and with Zach. How about this? Zach had just had a baby, okay? He was at the hospital, and I got a text from him, same thing. It was like 5 a.m., texting him he had an idea about something he had literally it was the he had just signed his contract here and was at the hospital with his wife and he's texting me about something i'm like brother don't you have other things that are more important to be thinking about than football and then he's here a few days later and and he's rolling so it's it's the cool thing is not not just with raheem but there's like-minded from from jimmy and um, and, and obviously from Zach, and then Marquise was already here, but the coordinators and the filters on down, everybody has that same energy and that same passion. Uh, I know you're at the, at the combine, but I wanted to get some, because this could affect the combine. Last Friday, we saw that the uh, the salary cap t- took a big leap and everything. How does that uh, you know mirror your evaluation if you're talking about maybe there's a free agent that we probably couldn't get, but now we got more money, so we may be able to get on, on them? And how does it affect you possibly where you're going to select in the draft? Yeah, I, I would say we we basically it, it was it, it's more than we anticipated, and um, it, it's clear, like the league said, it's unprecedented that growth, and it's really unbelievable when you look at. Uh, somebody sent me a, a sheet that work shows from from '94 to now, and how much growth the league has had, and it's, it really is unbelievable. Uh, the the our mindset with the cap is okay. These are the must needs and wants, and we have to get these things, and we have to. Um, make sure we, we hit these and because it's not just the cap, it's the cash, it's what you're willing to do. Luckily, we have an owner that's willing to spend and he's very aggressive and he doesn't mind spending a lot of money at any point because some places you can have cap space, but they're they're not willing to, to spend the cash to get. So that's where we have that support from ownership. And so we know regardless of what the cap is, whether it's more or less, we know we can kind of figure out ways to do it. But but that said, when we saw that number, we were excited. Sure. We were too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know what the conversation is, Terry. Everybody's talking quarterback. You get it. Um, earlier this offseason, you were on the radio station and asked about it, and you said the, the path towards pursuing quarterbacks was wide open in every direction. As you're further along in the process now, a few more weeks down the road, is there any path that's becoming more appealing to you? I think it's, uh, it's, it just really confirms the more information we get, spending more time with the staff and going through it, the more information we get, it just confirms that we're, there are so many 
options and, and, and things. There's so many ways to do it and to be successful doing it, whether it's to draft, whether it's uh, free agency, whether it's via trade. And so, and we're still, as we're here, you gather more and more information um, about these players. You continue to go through evaluations. So there are a lot of different ways that we can do it. And I'm very confident and excited uh, going as we're right in the midst of this process, because I have a lot of confidence in our building, the people that are in our building, and I know we're going to get it right. What is the main thing you're looking for in that position right now, Terry, because of the fact is that it, it's, it's, it's the most important position in, in the sport, you know, as far as the quarterback position and everything like that, and you're up there evaluating and all those different things when you look at these prospects. But, I mean, even from the free agency part about it, the draft, what's on your roster right now, what are you looking for mainly, you and Rod looking for mainly in a guy that's going to be able to lead this team? Yeah, you just said it in your question. It's it's the right leader. And obviously you have to have the right – you have to be a good football player and different players do it different ways. You have to be an effective football player, right? You have to be able to come in and the pieces that we have, the pieces that we add, you have to be able to come in and be a multiplier and make those players around you better. You have to – so we need the right skill set, the right talent. But you just, again, said at the end, you got to have you got to have the right leader. And, and the right person that's going to come in. It's about that makeup and make sure we bring the right person because it is. There's, there's no position that is looked at more and dissected more. There's no permit, uh, position that has more pressure on it. And so we have to get the right human being and then make sure the skill set fits, um, fits what we're looking for. And that's who? <laughs> yeah, who is it? <laughs> I love you. I always do that. You ask me quick, and I promise that one of these times you are going to get me because you're, you, when you're smooth and when you do it, one of these times we're going to get me. And, and since we're live, it's, there's going to be no turning back. Right. Yeah, we're going to break it, break it wide <laughs> open that day. Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot joining us. I do want to follow up on that though. Like in in the pursuit of that guy, like we understand it's somebody, and it's probably a name we've said, whether it's a draft, trade, free agent, whatever. Whenever we talk about it between the two of us or with listeners or whatever, the word risk always comes up. Going that path is too risky. They're all risky. (laughs) Whatever path you choose is risky. Is there one that you view in terms of acquiring the quarterback as the safest? Uh, I don't, and that's a good, because you can look at history, right? And you can look at history and say, okay, whether it's, in the draft or or in free agency or via trade where things have gone really well mm-hmm. or really bad. And we can look at someone that – an investment in free agency that, again, really well or really bad. You look at a big trade that really well or really bad, and the same thing via draft. You just got to get it right. It, it, it's got to be the right person, and you have to go through that process and make sure they fit the culture and make sure they fit the skill set you're looking for. And, and it is. Yes, it, it's all – it's all risky, and, and that's what we're doing. There, there, there's nothing – if it was easy, then everyone would have it and everyone wouldn't. So, so it's not It's not easy, but I have a lot of confidence because of the people in our building that we will get it right. And you can look at any avenue and you can weigh the pros and cons of it and say this is why we shouldn't or this is why we should. But, again, have a lot of confidence in the people in our building. Terry, last year during the free agency period, you were, we went a lot more on defense as far as free agency spending and all those different things. Do you see it maybe changing around this year as far as what you need defensively is filling some holes and off, offensively maybe a wide receiver, quarterback, or somebody like that? Do you see a difference going into this offseason? Well, the, the way we go through that process is we have the – you go through and you really look at what's available because free agency is unique, yeah. right, because there's it, – it's – okay, why are we getting a Jesse Bates? Well, why is he going to get out of that building in Cincinnati, right? 
Why is David Anyamati getting out that building or, or Caden Ellis? Why are those guys? So we really have to assess it because when we're looking at free agents, you have to really make sure you figure out why they're moving because you think we're going to let really good players. Now Raheem's over here messing with me. I'm sorry, but you really think we're going to let people out of uh, the building that fit our makeup and fit our culture and have a good skill. We're not going to do that. So why are they leaving out of those buildings? And then in free agency, you have to be selective and just get the best players that you can. You can't just pigeonhole yourself and say, okay, we would only do this in free agency. You have to make sure you get the right guys, but whatever you do, that does affect every other part. So what we make sure we do is we take a look. We have free agency, we got trades, we got the draft. These are the areas that we have to hit and let's look at every avenue that we can do. And then again, you have to be flexible because whatever you decision you make in free agency, it is going to affect all those other parts. And you all look, anytime we talk to a coach or a general manager, anyone who's played, one of the, the conversations about learning is learning from what you've done in the past, whether it worked or whether it didn't or yeah. whatever. Uh, a lot of the folks in, in that building, you, your personnel folks, were involved in last year's decision to, to make Desmond Ritter the starter. What can you guys learn from that decision headed into this process? Yeah, I think you, you learn from, uh, again, like you said, everything that you do in, in regards to a lot of different decisions. And we didn't win enough games last year. Right. And so you can take one specific decision and say, okay, this is why we didn't win enough games. But there's a lot of reasons when you really take a look at it. And you have to look at every area of the building, everything on the field, and uh, what are all those areas and what do we need to do differently. And we've done that. We continue to do that. And that's the goal. It's not just about one specific decision, it's about looking at every single area and what can make us better. And, and ultimately, every decision we make how are we going to win the most games possible and how are we going to build a sustained winner? So um, whatever decision, you can look at whatever we did last year and and you look at the results of it and all we're trying to do is to make sure that we improve, move forward, and we're going to make sure we do that. One one last chance. Who are you guys going to draft? <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to draft a really good player, whether it's at eight, whether it's above eight, whether it's below eight. We're okay. going to draft – a really good player, and we're going to keep going through there the draft, go. and we're going to so you're trading up. This you're trading up. There you go, Terry. Trading up. That's what you're saying. We may even throw in a few trades, man. We'll there see, but it's, it's going to be a fun off season, and I have no doubt that we're going to get it right, and we're going to be rolling uh, once that season opens, wherever it is. We appreciate, appreciate you, Terry. Thank you. As always, man. Appreciate y'all. Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot there. I mean, if you remove some of the words in that last answer, <laughs> you said we're going to trade up, up, maybe even before eight. Yeah. Now, if you include all the words, he then, said maybe trade back. So they might not do that. Yeah. They might draft at eight or yeah. make a trade before they get to the draft. Yeah. Uh, always fun trying to get Terry Fontenot yeah, to answer our questions. I, but he tried to slide <laughs> here. Who you going to pick? Who you going to pick? Uh, who you going to take? Uh, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure they, pro- they probably don't even know. Uh, I, I bet they don't. Oh, yeah. Because, I bet they don't. I mean, there's still so much. And I mean, even after the combine and everything, because the one thing, it, it's, we look at it as far as, you know, draft picks and the college players working out and everything, but it's all about what goes on after St. Elmo. After everybody went to Elmo, has got that overrated shrimp cocktail. Yes, I said it. Uh, and then you yeah. get to go and you go somewhere. And I don't know where it is, but that's where the line starts. The room, start, that, the room where it happens. The room where it happens. Where the magic happens. Where the contract extensions are negotiated. Where the trades are negotiated. Mm-hmm. There's a place. I don't know where it is in Indianapolis, but there's a place where all that goes down. That's what I care about more than 
than anything. Yeah, no, that's the most important yeah, part the most important of it. Thing. And, like, and, this, is, this is cool. You work sure, it out and everything. Sure, sure, sure. But sure. everything else, all that line, yeah. that's the most yeah, important. Yeah, exactly. All, all the deceiving, all yes. the deception, yes. all the smoke screens, all that kind of yes. stuff, the deals that get cut, that kind of stuff. And here's the thing. I have to think, you know, I, I wanted to ask him. We kind of didn't have a, a ton of time to talk to Terry Fontenot, and we'll get a chance to talk to him again as the offseason rolls on. I do wonder how his role, just in terms of, okay, he's now in his fourth offseason. Right, this is his fourth Correct. combine, fourth draft, Correct. fourth off season as the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, um, but it's his first off season post Arthur Smith. Right, right, first off season post what just happened last year. How different is his role? Like, how, how different is is his his voice in that room in terms of Flyer Bench, but also there? Like, people know him better. People yeah. have made trades with him before. Like, people have dealt with Terry Fontenot in the league as a general manager. Like, the longer you can stay in that seat, mm-hmm. the easier it is, I have to think, or at least the more comfortable you are in those rooms that we're talking about making those negotiations, making yeah. those deals. I think that, you know, it's all about – and this is in any business. It's relationship. It, it is. Yeah. Now, there's some relationships that – and you look at it from a competitive advantage that you don't trade within a division some most times and everything. Now we've seen it plenty of times. We've seen it, you know, where um, where you you trade a player in conference or something like that or in division and all that. But not really does that happen, you know. But not, it's not to say that you don't sign a player or a free agent and everything. Uh, and and it's always what he was talking about when I was asking about the off season, like. When you're courting or signing free agents, you always want to know why they're there available. Now, is it because, you know, you don't – one, they wanted too much money. If they're no longer fit here. Where are they – where does – how does this – how does this team view this player as far as where he at, is at in his career? How do we view him? Can we get five or, five or six more years out of him? You know, there's so many different things that go into signing free agents. But, I mean, you got that bread. And, you know, you're looking at different things. And I saw there's a couple of D tackles that we were talking about. Baltimore is going – they said they're going to try to get a deal with um, Justin – I say his last name? Mama, Matabuki. Matabuki. I think. They said they're going to try to get a deal with him. If not, they're going to franchise him. Just saw Chris Jones, their GM, both parties want to get a contract done. So those are two off my damn wish list. I have not heard of Dino Hunter yet, though. Okay. So maybe maybe that could be it. Give him some money. Give him some money. Um, and I, that was a good – it was a fun story about Zach Robinson. Yeah. He's in the hospital. His wife just gives birth to a baby. He's thinking about – but we've you've been there. I've been there. There's not really much going on. It isn't. Once the baby gets born. Once the baby like, gets born, all you do is just get woke up every damn hour. I know, but so, there's nurses. Like, you're, you, there's dude, plenty of time to think about the football team. I'm just saying, dog. I'm not I, giving I, Zach I, Robinson I, too I, much credit. I was like, I was okay. going to tell, tell them people, hey, man, can I get another room? <laughs> all right. This coming in every hour to check and see the baby breathing. Don't y'all got machines for that? Well, I just remember, like, the first time dude. they were like, can we can we take him into the nursery? I was like, yeah, take him. <laughs> take him. Bring him, bring him back when it's time to yeah, go. Just not me. Hey, <laughs> with the first baby, it's like no, don't take her. I yeah. want to. I want to view her, uh, her, her, her essence as like, nah, take him. And it wasn't because out of here. It ain't because I don't want the baby in there. It's because I don't want your ass in here. No, because I want this. I want. I don't want the baby in here or the nurse in here. I'll have plenty of time with the baby yeah. when we go home in two days. I want to go to sleep. That's all me. Right? Uh, Plus, yeah. I snuck a bottle of booze in here. Me and her about to have a little do fun. Do you get worried? Do, you, do huh? you worry about that sneaking the booze in? The- I don't know. I mean, I said sneak, right? Yeah, so. you did. No, brother, we have. I come in with the cooler. <laughs> come in with the cooler. Anyway, I'm just saying, Zach Robinson had plenty of time yes. in the hospital think, to think about the offense. There's a lot of downtime after the baby arrives. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Raheem Morris is going to join us live from India as well. Sounds like he was messing with Terry Fontenot during the interview, trying to trying to distract him. He could have distracted him better. We could have got an answer about who they're going to draft. We'll be right back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 
now, an actual Andy and Randy listener. There's actually a few out there. Welcome back to the Midday Show with Andy and Randy. Andy Bunker, Randy McMichael, two brothers from another mother. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game, Midday Show with Andy and Randy with you here. Tuesday afternoon, this hour brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Uh, Go to MarkSpain.com. Get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing. Thanks to Falcons General Manager Terry Fontenot for spending a few minutes with us uh, about 20 minutes ago live from Indy for the scouting combine. Raheem Morris, Falcons head coach, is going to join us in a couple minutes as well. Our first chance to talk to Raheem Morris as Falcons head coach. Then we talked to him a few years back when he was the interim and all that kind of stuff, certainly when he was a part of the staff before that. But haven't had a chance to talk to him since he's been named the head coach. And uh, we'll check in with him in a minute or two. Yeah, man. I mean, the thing with, you know, you want to be able to – because you're not going to get what you want to hear. I mean, they're not going to give – I mean, I'm reading a lot of coaches because all the coaches – well. The coaches that are there and general managers are there because some head coaches don't want to be there. But you hear them talking about all the, the stuff that we're talking about. You hear a lot from Brian Poles talking about what they're going to do with his number one pick. He has yeah. come out and said that if they do make a move, if they do move Justin Fields, it will be before free agency to give to do right by him. Right. You know, so it won't be something that they're going to hang on to him to draft night or anything like that. He that's just what he said. Now, yeah. That you know, and that's probably the most significant answer yes. we've gotten from anyone. Uh, from the combine thus far, because right. that that's at least a little bit of a timeline. Yes. Now it's still an if, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. If we trade him, yes. we'll do it before free agency. Yes. Uh, now we might not trade him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, he didn't say yeah. they were going to do it. That's very similar. Look, we we know what it's going to be with Terry Fontenot. We love talking to him. It is part of his job to keep it close to the vest. I don't think it does him any favors to come on here and be like, "Yeah, we're going to aggressively try to trade into the top three. Yeah. Because then people know, and then obviously he's not going to do that. So. I, I do like when we get Line. folks. I don't think he lied. I yeah. mean, he said, we may pick at eight, yep. we may trade up, or we may trade back. Those yep. are literally the three options. Yep. Those are the three Th- things that you can do. Those are the three things do. that you can do. So it's not untrue. No. It's just not anything, which, again, I, I don't blame him for that. That's part of what it is this time of year to make sure you don't give away any of your secrets. It, more than anything, is just trying to talk about the type of guy yep. that they want at that position. Um you want a Again, damn winner. Nothing unexpected you from, a, from what you – Yeah, you want, damn winner. you want a leader. Yeah. You want a winner. You want a guy that – what do they Force always talk multiplier. about? Traits. They, they, there's like certain traits that they look for. I think those are winning and leading and I don't know what else good. Being good. Being good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being, Being good. talented at quarterback. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, the main thing we got, and I was reading this quote because I didn't transcribe it, but uh, some of our listeners and coworkers transcribed some of what Terry Fontenot said. Uh, here a quote. It's the right leader. Obviously, you have to be an effective football player and be a multiplier. Uh, but if you have the right leader, get the right human being and make the skill set fit. So really, it's we know it's going to be a human. Yes, we know it's going to be a human, and he's got to be skillful in throwing the football. Okay. Okay. Good. But yeah, thanks, Harry. Good. But I mean, you you got to get you, you. It's 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 always hard to replace a quarterback. Like not everybody is is as blessed as been as as freaking uh, Green Bay to be able to. <laughs> Nobody you know, is you know, blessed. Nobody's Green blessed as Green Bay to have no that one. longevity. Of starting quarterback, and then the next guy that comes in seems like he's the one too. You know what? Yeah, it's and crazy. it all started be- because because of this. What happened? They got him from here. 
Oh, yeah. It all right. started right no, here. No, he had to leave. No, he had to leave. Yeah. I understand that. No, no. I understand Buckhead Brett had to get out of yeah, here. Yeah, he had to get out of here, that. dog. But yeah. it did all start. Yeah, it did. It got him up out yeah. of here. And then he went there, and he was the quarterback yeah. forever and yeah. broke all the records. Oh, yeah. And then the guy took over for him, and he was the quarterback forever, and he broke a bunch of records. And yeah. now it looks like Jordan Love's going to be really good, too. Yeah, he's a good yeah. player. But man. it did all, did all start with a Falcons trade. It all comes back to here. If you want to follow, all roads lead back to Atlanta. If you want to follow the roads. I got, ma- I got a map that does that. <laughs> It all leads back there. It all leads back to, back yeah. here, man. But th- yeah, this is, um, you know, when you uh, – I was talking about the, the combine and everything because the, the medicals are the most important thing, more, more than more than anything. Well, I, I should say, the medical for some players is more important. Than sure. We all know that. Sure. But they can make everybody – if you never had nothing wrong with you, they put your ass in the damn machine. Yeah, but they will find yeah. stuff. And, and, and that's honestly – You find stuff that you like – that you probably had – in college, sure, you know, but sometimes they find stuff like with guys' hearts yes, and stuff was actually played, really great. But you played with this in high school, right. college, and everything. But it's and like, hey, you might want to get this looked at. Yeah. You got a weird heart murmur, yeah, dog. and then they do, and that's good. Yeah, they find they find everything they can, man. It's it's a it's a it's a tiring thing, dog. It's so tired because you got to do all these interviews, and it's like it's like speed dating. Mm-hmm. It's like speed dating, but these guys have the uh, the, the 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 job of giving you money. <laughs> you know, we are, you, you, you so it's can, like speed dating a sugar mama. Yeah, that's what the NFL is. Speed yeah. dating a sugar mama at the combine. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> exactly what it is. Speed dating a sugar mama is with the combine. Pretty is. much. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> As we transition to the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Raheem Morris, who joins us right now. Our first opportunity to talk to, to Coach Morris as the head coach of the team. What Congratulations, up, what up, Coach. coach? Andy and Randy, I don't know what you guys were just talking about, about speed dating. Yeah, we're trying um, to. We're just, we're just trying to relate to combine. To do with that. <laughs> you never did that as a single man. Never, never a speed date for you. Oh man, I mean, you know, the speed date is sugar mama. You guys are crazy, man. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, coach. Well, yeah, congratulations, man. We're we're just so happy and everything for you being back in Atlanta and everything. And as you go on to this new journey, and, and we know we, we're going to get to the quarterback and all those different things. But I want you, as you've been evaluating your roster so far, what are you away from being a playoff contending team? You know, it, it's so exciting to be able to come back to Atlanta to have some familiar faces that you already knew, um, some of the guys that were kind of built when we were here before, and we were able to do some of those things like the Chris Lynchons, the, the Caleb McGarry, some of the guys you see playing well, Grady Jarris, the A.J. Terrell, and things of that nature. But some of the acquisition that Terry and some of the new staff members and some of our scouts have brought in and some of the old coaches that they brought in with the Kyle Pitts and the B. John Robinsons of the world and even the Drake Lunges and some of the different people like that, that you've seen these guys come in and really be really productive players and really do a nice job of going out there and formulate what you want to get going. And then obviously, man, the elephant in the room is, you know, having to add that quarterback that can make a difference, right? That quarterback yeah. that you win because of and not despite of, or that quarterback that can actually go out there and win you the game and change the game for you or change how you do yourself from a whole entire organization, uh, not just from a game-to-game standpoint, but from a whole perspective. And I think um, they've done such a good job of, of putting that all together um, that we are very close and we feel very confident that we're going to be able to build a winner here um, and to be able to sustain that thing for a long time. What have the last three weeks been like? I know we had the introductory press conference three Mondays ago, getting the staff together, traveling, talking, meeting, all of this kind of stuff. What, just timeline-wise, like what's been going on in your world as the head coach of the Falcons over the last three weeks? You know, I, I kind of used to the guys today all, all throughout the day that it's just a competitive urgency going on right now, right? There's uh, the, the, the element of getting together and discussing people that you want to bring in with the 
Falcon ethos and how you want to bring those people in. And then there's the whole communication factor between my coaching staff, our scouting department, um, the general manager, myself, all the, all the heads of the departments, and making sure that we're all on the same page in order to get us going in the right direction and how quickly we can get there. The next part about all that stuff is just combining all that and getting people together to talk about the things that you have, the things that you want, the things that you need, and then moving forward and then obviously bringing us to this college standpoint where there's another way to acquire people and acquire and, and, and acquire guys to your team of how do we implement all of our things that we want to get done in a short amount of time and having just this competitive urgency instead of this frantic urgency to feel that you've got to do it today as opposed to building this thing so it can survive and be long-term winning. When when you we were, we were talking to her earlier, and I asked him a question because you know you're a part of that this evaluation, a part of putting this team together, and you know the salary cap goes up, Reen, and now all of a sudden you got more money than you probably thought you were going to have going into free agency, and now there's a, there's these certain guys we call them uh, war daddies, these defensive ends, like, you know I don't want to call them names, but I want to get you in trouble. I saw people already trying to get you. But these <laughs> war daddies at these positions, do you think that with this extra loot you got, does that give you an opportunity to maybe even maybe think about them now that you know that you have this extra money? You know, we, we've been in the process of thinking about that before we even knew we had it uh-huh. because of the projections of the NFL, right? The projections of the NFL has done nothing but go up, you know, because of episodes and shows like we're doing right now and all of the, the popularity of the sport. Um, you can project that things are going in the right direction and you may have a little bit more than expected. But you've got to always prepare for, like you mentioned, those war daddies. you always got to prepare for those guys you want to acquire to your team that may cost a little bit more, um, that, that's been on different teams, that's proven in commodities, and now you can go invest and those people and try to get those people to leave some of their respective buildings. Now, with all that being said, it always goes back to the people, right? You got to be able to bring people into your building that you feel comfortable being around the people in your building. And that's a big part of what we're doing in this process right now. Also, you know, learning those people, talking to people that have been around those people, having a chance to bring those guys into your building without naming names and who they are and what they look like and, and being able to talk to that process with everybody. And I think that's a part of it for us. Falcons head coach Raheem Morris joining us here on the Midday Show with Andy and Randy. One of the, one of the, kind of what you were just talking about there, one of the big words that was talked about in the introductory press conference and since has been collaboration, collaborating between you and Terry Fontenot and the coaching staff and all of that. Collaboration doesn't always mean agreeing on everything, though, right? Like, obviously, there's going to be disagreements on a player or a vision or something. When there are those moments of disagreement between you and Terry or coaches or whatever, what does that look like? You know, for me, it's about having a high level of communication, and with that high level of communication, it has to be direct, it has to be honest, and more importantly, it has to be ongoing, right? And, and I think if you keep those things in your communication background and you're able to talk things out, that allows me to have empathy for anything that anybody's saying, whoever I'm asking, right? I could put myself in Terry's shoes, I could put myself in Kyle Smith's shoes, I could put myself in Orion Pace's shoes and see his vision or feel his vision. And I have the ability there to disagree or agree um, with the people. And at that point, that's when we implement and use more people to involve to help us narrow down to us getting on the same page to what we need to do. So, like, I don't think it's an end-all, be-all with me. I don't think it's an end-all, be-all with Terry. I think we want to use the smart, intelligent people that we have in place and be able to use those guys to formulate and help us get to the decision that we all will be comfortable with at the end of the day. Right, you're going to be, you and Terry and your staff, you're going to be um... – you know, interviewing hundreds of these kids up there, getting to know them and everything like that. What is the one thing that you want to take away from one of these young men as you sit there and say, this kid might be a Falcon? 
you know, I, I love when, when guys get in those rooms and they have the ability to get uncomfortable in those rooms and you're sitting there with the light on you with a bunch of people sitting around you don't know. I love to see when those guys' personality and they get really comfortable in those spaces, right? Because we're in uncomfortable environments all the time playing this game. You're in uncomfortable environments just t- all the time doing what we do. So those guys that thrive and they shine in those uncomfortable environments are the guys that we love to be able to bring a part of us. We're those guys that we love and want to make them a part of what we do. And when you find those guys, they, they, they stand out, and they stand out in a good way. And it's about adding those kind of guys to what we want to do here. How do you, how do you blow one of those interviews? Like, if you're really, like honestly, like how, how, what, what can someone do in one of those interviews and, and you walk out of it like, well, that guy doesn't have the Falcons ethos. We're not interested in him. Like, what, what's the worst thing someone could do in that situation? Andy, it's really simple. Like, it's an honesty-driven business. And if you can't trust people that you're around, um, you're going to have real issues, you know, and that's just in life in general. But, like, bringing a guy in without that honest feel or, or that, honest, that honest thought process for me um, is one of those deal breakers. You know, um, you want that guy to be absolutely honest. Um, there are a lot of things that we know because of our research that's happened in people's past. And you want to see people be accountable, people be honest, and go through that process with you. So in order for you to make those decisions that you want to bring them a part of it or not. Hey, Rod, I, last time I knew you were on the station, your, your staff wasn't complete. It is fully complete. I'm assuming that everybody is here. And you come from a place out there in L.A. where they, they, they call it the tree, the McVeigh tree or the Shanahan tree. How important is it to have the Raheem Morris tree with some of your coaches while, while, you're, while they're up under the umbrella of what you're, what you're coaching them? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if um, coaches really get involved in the whole tree thing mm-hmm. until you're at that point where you become – uh, retired and you move on, you get a chance to look back. You know, I think what happens for us, whether it be McVeigh, whether it's been Shanahan, whether it's been whoever, Mike Tomlin, Tony Dungy, I think for those guys, you want to see your people have success and you want to be a part of their personal development along with their, their football development. And if you can have that kind of success and be able to help people see different walks of life or behind the curtain, so to speak, to help them get to that next spot, I think we all get a certain amount of pride about that. You know, like when you talk to whoever I've worked with or for, um, they all had touched me in different ways and helped me become a better coach than I am now than I was from the beginning. And I think that's the important part for all of us and what we want to do. Falcons head coach Raheem Morris joining us here on the Midday Show with Andy and Randy. I want to go back just for a minute to what you were talking about in some of the interview process. And obviously anyone you're going to talk to, you guys have done some research on. I wonder how different the research process is now with guys versus maybe how it was 10, 15 years ago, because there's just so much info. Like guys live their lives on social media uh, and then do podcasts talking about social media. Like, is it easier to know who you're talking to before you talk to them these days? You know, the media has absolutely 100% changed the game from a financial standpoint and also a knowledge standpoint. And when you go back and you can find history and years back of detailed information about what a person is and who a person is, um, you, it's very useful for us coming into the situation, having an idea. Um, again, you don't want to judge anybody um, by what everybody else says or what may have happened in the past. You still want to get a chance to be around them, but you get so much more information uh, in this day and age than we were able to get back then um, that, you know, it, it, it's, changed the, it's changed the game. It's changed the acquisition of talent um, for us all. So you trading up, trading back? What are you going to do? Uh, hey, yeah, Terry told us. Terry already told us. He told us the too. process. Either yeah, you're trading so up know. or trading back or staying at eight. So, I mean, obviously we can get something out of you. You know, here it is, right? You cannot um, say uh, in an open book context that, that 
we're not collaborators because we're going to tell you the same thing. We may go up. <laughs> we, may go up we may sit tight. Yeah. Right. But well all done. options are on the table. And I believe uh, Barry and I have done a great job of uh, making that really clear yeah. um, to everybody that's involved within our building and out. You guys collaborated yeah, I mean, the hell out of that answer. Hell, I mean, it sounded exactly the same. Like. down. <laughs> I had one. I got one more. I got one because sort of going back to to '09 in Tampa uh, when you were the head coach there, and it was a rookie quarterback that season. Obviously, you've been a part of staffs that have had veteran quarterbacks uh, over the last handful of years. Certainly here in Atlanta. How is your job different as head coach if there's a rookie starting quarterback week one this coming season, or if there's a veteran starting quarterback week one this coming season? You know, that's, a, that's a huge difference, you know. Like when you get a rookie quarterback, you're learning that guy and you're trying to teach him uh, what his uh, roles and responsibilities are along with getting him comfortable and finding his rhythm and routine, right, and being able to put people around him that can help him do that. And you have some people that would be a little bit more um, caught up, a little faster to know kind of what they want to do and how they want to do it. You can help them. Um, but, you know, it's a big difference between a rookie and a veteran. Uh, acquiring a veteran, obviously, you'll have a guy that's coming in with some rhythm and some roles and um, kind of knows his routine, and then that's about being supportive. And then how do you support that person at the highest level, and how do you get those things done within the framework of how we want to work our Falcon organization? So I think all those things being to coming into play is how you got to think about the process. You know, what's the support system behind your younger player? Hey, what's the support system behind a player that's going to come in that's got a rhythm and routine? Um, who does he like to talk to? Um, who are the people that make him comfortable when, it's, when, it, when the game is on the line? Um, how all those things work, right? We've been fortunate to be around a Matt Ryan here. Mm -hmm. And what was really important about having a guy like Matt Ryan and playing at a high level was his backup, right? Whether it was Matt Schaub or whether it was TJ Yates and those people that were putting those positions of support. Like, those things are key and critical um, and, and, and just as much for a rookie as it is for a veteran. And I, and I think you got to surround guys with the people that need to be around in order to have the ultimate success. Um, that's just how, I, you know, that's, I, can go on all, I can go on for days about this, but would you, that would is you, a really critical point. Would you prefer one over the other? You know, um, obviously you can never say what you prefer, mm -hmm. right? you got to put yourself and go through these stages of, hey, here's your scenario A, here's your scenario B, here's your scenario C, here's scenario D, but you got to have all these scenarios for your succession plan. And, and, and that's what we got in place right now and how we're going to move forward, right? And then at the end of this thing, we make our decision, you'll probably come back and ask me, was it A, B, D, or C? <laughs> I will. I am. I'm going to ask you that. that and when you make that decision, it's always going to be A. Hey, Ra, you tell Lance Schulte. <laughs> yeah, you're going to tell us A. Exactly. Hey, hey, Ra, you tell Lance Schulte that Randy McMichael said, it's on site when I see him for that hit in 04. Right? He was my teammate in 05, <laughs> so we were together. But you tell him it's on site for 04, right? Hey, Randy, he, he, he looks really good right now. He's uh -huh. in shape. Uh -huh. um, he's, he's lifting a bunch in the morning with the coaching staff. Uh -huh. and um, he, He's looking like he can still play, Randy. I'm just telling you, you might want to just ease off that. Tell him it's on, it's on site. <laughs> on site. <laughs> Coach, thank you. I Appreciate it, it, Coach. Thank you. All right. Have a good one, man. All right. Raheem Morris there, Atlanta Falcons head coach, live from Indy. What do you think? Do you think you're scared? Oh, no. You've been lifting. I've been lifting, lifting them beers. With lights. <laughs> <laughs> kids, hey, you pick up kids enough, you know? Yeah. That's what dad's there strength we go. is. You know? There we go, That man. upper body. Yeah, they do. My shoulders have never been stronger. Yeah, it's choreographed. <laughs> This is choreographed. Like, did he hand him the, did yeah. he have, did he hand him the, the index know. card? Here. Here. Here it is. <laughs> here when they ask you what we're going to do in the draft. Here it is. <laughs> All right. Anyway, fun times. Fun talking to both of those guys. Always love talking to Terry Fontenot. Cool to talk to Raheem Morris for the first time as the official head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Haven't had a chance to talk to him in a couple of years. Uh, all right. We'll come back. 
We'll get to the uh, big story of the day to kick off the 1 o'clock hour. Thanks for being with us. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the midday show with Andy and Randy with you here. Tuesday afternoon, final hour of the show. Thanks for being with us. This hour brought to you by the Man Cave Store. Up your Man Cave game this season at mancavestore.com. Good to the big story of the day in just a couple of minutes. Brandon Adams is going to join us in about 15 minutes. We'll talk some college football with him. Uh, and then we'll get to an AMA to wrap things up at 140. Any question, any topic, phone lines will be open at 404-726-0929. Thanks again to Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris for joining us in the last hour. Yeah, man, it was, uh, it's, it's funny because, I mean, the same vision. You don't want to hear one person say one, per- one thing. You, I mean, as much as you want them to give you something, right. obviously, you know, but some, but do you hear the, huh? Well, I think we should go here. And I should, oh, well, he said this, and then he said that. And I get it. It's easy to answer the questions, and it's easy to be on the same page when you are professional at answering yeah, questions. Yeah, but that, that is a good indicator a lot of times, and that's why, you know, reporters will ask the same question over a course of time to different people to see if you get a different answer. And sometimes you do get a slightly different one. I mean, I think that's something that, you know, over the last handful of years we might have noticed you got this answer from – Nate McMillan, but you got this answer from Travis Schlenk, mm-hmm. or you got, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. when, when you start to hear slightly different versions of answers from organizations, that gives you an idea that maybe everyone's not on the same page. The collaboration isn't coming together the way that they would want it to. Um, look, these guys have been working together for three weeks, yes. so I would hope the collaboration yeah. is right. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. If there's a rift already, then things are bad. Yeah. Obviously, there's not. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, they're going to say the stuff that we figured that they would say. I think the most telling thing, I don't know if Bo was able to grab it or not. Bo was able to grab it. You grabbed the, the, did. Okay, great. Well, then let's get to the big story of the day then and let you hear Raheem Morris say it himself. Brought to you by QC Kinetics, non-surgical treatment for joint pain. Bow! And then obviously, man, the elephant in the room is, you know, having to add that quarterback that can make a difference, right? That quarterback that you win because of and not despite of, or that quarterback that can actually go out there and win you the game and change the game for you or change how you do yourself from a whole entire organization, uh, not just from a game-to-game standpoint, but from a whole perspective. And I think um, they've done such a good job of of putting that all together um, that we are very close and we feel very confident that we're going to be able to build a winner here. So that's pretty clear, yeah. right? Like, if you needed any more... Desmond River would not be here. Confirmation. Well, I'm going to say he won't be here. not going to be starting. He's not going to be starting. not going to be starting. And I know that for whatever reason, there's Just still get, been... Get him a quarterback coach. Some faction that believe that's a possibility or that's the answer or something like that. No. They're getting a new quarterback. They want a guy who you can win football games with. They want a franchise quarterback, a guy that you can build around. I kind of thought we were all there already. But if you weren't... There you go. Yes. That's what the coach of the team said to us 15 minutes ago. Yes. They're trying to find that guy. They don't. That implies they don't have that guy, which clearly everyone I thought knew that they didn't. Uh, so that's the goal of the offseason. So at the very least, we we put that one to bed. That one isn't right? Did we? I, I hope so. Like next time Abe does a show and he takes phone calls about what they should do at quarterback, we can't have 10 people call in and say, Desmond Ritter, yes. do this with Desmond or do Leave that with Desmond. Leave Abe alone. It's over. Leave Abe alone. Leave him a damn Leave him alone. Leave him a damn alone. Leave him alone. Um, Desmond Ritter's not going to be the quarterback they're gonna, But they need to figure out the long term. It, it is, and that's the thing about when we talk about the bridge. Because – Russell or Kurt ain't going to be here more than two years. No, probably no, not. Pro- no more than two Russell years. Russell still thinks he can play for 10 more yes. years, but that'll be up to the 
the league yeah. to decide. We'll yeah. have Russell if he plays good, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, R- Russell's a couple bad years away from being done. Yeah. And so now you, I mean, you go into the the, the draft process of uh, wherever you are taking it, uh, you know, taking the quarterback. Do you move up? Do you stay? Do you move back? Now, moving back puts you in a different bracket of quarterbacks if that's where you want to go. Yeah. But my thing is, if you're going to move back to 12, why not take them at 8? If they move back, that means they did something in free agency. Yes. Or a trade. If they move back or stay at 8, they got the quarterback. Yep. In freeze. Yep. I I do believe that. I don't believe they're going to take somebody – and I could be wrong, but I just don't think they want to do this after what happened last year is that they're going to wait and then maybe – take a second-round quarterback. Now, this is always a possibility, and I'll never rule it out because the league MVP, this happened to him. Baltimore goes back in the first round against mm-hmm. somebody, like a Michael Penix or somebody at 32. It wouldn't surprise me at or all something like that. if Penix is still hanging around, or Bo Nix maybe, but Penix seems like the yeah. more likely one. Depends on how his combine and workouts go and stuff. But, yeah, like Penix is still there at the end of the first, and the team's like, I don't know, like – you try to get that fifth year. Yep. And at that, the very it, least, you get that yep. fifth year. Yep. At the very best, he turns into a two-time MVP. And that's the only thing I can see the Falcons doing. If they stay at eight, they take the pass rusher, whatever, whatever, and they try to get, like they did for Caleb McGarry, come back right. in the first round and get a Michael Penny. Right. That's not, I mean, that's the only thing I can see going to the draft without another quarterback on the roster by draft time. Even still. So, man, that if would they be, yeah. that'd be yes. crazy. Even if, if they don't move up or one of them don't drop to them at eight, I can see them maybe coming back in the first round. That'd be wild. So sit, they don't do anything in free agency. Mm-hmm. You keep the quarterback situation the way you have it right now. Right. You draft a pass rusher at eight, mm-hmm. and then Penix is still there. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, oh, shoot, we forgot. We didn't get a quarterback right. yet. Trade back in. Get Penix. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that would be. I ain't saying it's going to happen. No, no, no. No, no. But again, it's a scenario. It's a scenario. It's one that hadn't been mentioned yet. Right. Congratulations. You unlocked a new scenario. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is right now. Coming up with different <laughs> ones that no one said yet. Um, yeah, again, I reading tea leaves or between the lines or anything like that. I don't know that I can give you a ton off of that. It still sounds to me or feels to me like aggressively trying to move up in the draft and get one of those three quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And that's just because other people around the league have said it. I wasn't like Terry didn't pause extra long during his answer or anything. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll go back and fine tooth comb it tonight and see if we can get anything (laughs) out of it. But um, probably not. But uh yeah, I mean, that makes the most sense to me at this point. Um, yeah, it does. It does. And we're going to talk about this more. We're just going to continuously break down. Oh, it's out not done. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, no. it's going to continue oh, no. to go. Uh, and, you know, when you look at – because this is what we know about we – talk, we've been talking about this, and we'll probably continue to mention it or whatever, whatever. In any quarterback draft where there's, possi- where there's a possibility of five guys going, the fourth and fifth guy are the most over-evaluated of them all. Mm-hmm. Because of the simple fact is that everybody needs quarterbacks sometimes. And meaning that, hmm, hmm, they, it, it, it never fails. The organization will that needs a quarterback will look at the fourth or fifth guy like, hmm. How many quarterbacks do you think go in the first round? I think five. Five? Mm-hmm. Not six? Mm-hmm. I think five. Who's the one that doesn't? I don't think Bo Nix goes in the first You don't round. think Bo goes in the first round? Okay. Okay. I know. I mean, I wouldn't take him in the first I don't, round. I, I just can't. I can't take a predominantly bubble screen no, who never won a big game in his yeah, entire college I just career? Can't, I can't do it. O for his career against the midday show, by the way. Yeah, Georgia beat him how many times? Uh, Four enough, times. Enough. Washington beat him three times. O for seven against us. Yeah, and we both had a lot to do with it. Hell yeah! Foots, foots, foots. Seven foots. But, that's, but I'm saying between the but, two of us. But that's going to be the thing with when when you watch Bo Nix do the quarterback workout. 
He's going to eat it a lot. Yeah, he's going to run really fast, he's gonna and he's going to be he, accurate. He's going to eat it a lot. And he's going to do good in the interviews yeah, he, and all that. He's going to eat the combine a lot. Maybe good enough to trick someone. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if you look at – if they have all the measurables and everything at the, at the end of the combine, well, this is probably going to be in all of them. Three cones. Oh, yeah. I still understand why the quarterbacks got to do three cones and stuff. And I, don't, I still understand why they got to run a damn 40. But, I mean, just put me out there and watch it throw. Yeah. yeah look, watch me. I don't, what did you need to know my vertical for? If I'm jumping, if I'm showing my vertical in a football game, that means the snap went over my head. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hell, I need to show my vertical for? Because it's fun. Yeah. Boy, he can jump high. Yeah, I don't even know damn vertical. I know that it shows explosiveness. That's oh, yeah. why they say it. Shows Twitchy. It. Fast twitch. Yeah, it shows explosiveness and all that stuff. Yeah. I need you to be able to get the ball to that guy. My favorite thing Daniel Jeremiah says when they're talking about prospects on their podcast, him and Bucky Brooks, twitched up. Yeah. Oh, he's twitched up. Oh, that's, his new, <laughs> that's, that's his new thing. Because he's a, he's what, a freaky what, dude, what was, and he's what twitched was, uh, up. Mayock saying tighten the ankles. Oh, you don't want to be that. Yeah, you tighten the ankles. He's tightening the hips. Mm-mm. Yeah, you can't bend and all that other stuff. Where's the worst place to be tight? <sighs> like, as an athlete? Just, yeah, or in general. Um, I don't know. Neck? Yeah, well, there's not worse than our bike. Like tight back. That, that, tight bike. back. The back. Yeah, the bike. The bike. You don't want that bike tight. Hips don't want tight hips. You don't want to be really tight anywhere. I know. You would like to be flimsy. Ideally. Yeah, ideally. What do you like about the prospect? He's just the flimsiest athlete I've ever seen. He's just like a damn wet noodle. Just throw him against the wall and he sticks there. We showed her that the other night, by the way. Big mistake. Oh, we dude, were making spaghetti. Now she's just throwing damn noodles Huge at the mistake. wall. <laughs> she's throwing noodles at the wall. Oh, this would be cool. Now, for once, it wasn't me that did it. Right. Normally, I'm the one that does stuff like that. My wife was like, oh, you know how you can test to see if the noodles are done? Bah, do it right against I, the... I just, uh, I just think that is the not a good way. Well, I mean, it works, but it's not like you could also just... Taste it. Taste it. Yeah, that's what I'm like. (laughs) Taste it, you know. Yeah, but now we got three-year-old throwing noodles all over the place. Good luck with that, You can't be mad at her because she was told to do it by a parent. Yep, yep. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing what they teach us. Uh, Yeah, why don't you get them a a board or a chalkboard or a grease board to write on? That'll keep them busy from writing on the walls. No, all he sees is this white grease board looks like that white wall. All it is is a flat (laughs) surface. And now every flat (laughs) surface is a grease board. Exactly. Oh, boy. All right. Flimsy. That's what we're looking for. Flimsy prospects. We'll come back. Brandon Adams is flimsy as they come. We'll talk some Georgia football with him. Uh, Big picture college football with B.A. Don't go anywhere. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Ladies and gentlemen. It's Andy and Randy. What a fantastic intro. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, Midday Show. Andy and Randy with you here. Just a busy day. I like this. Busy, busy day here on the Midday Show. Obviously, got things started with Mike Conti. 11 o'clock hour. Talks some Atlanta United and Hawks. Hawks in action tonight, by the way, right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The return of John Collins. Yeah, man. For the first time. And we know he's getting the video and everything. Second game without Trey. Yep. Uh, If they play well and win tonight, it still doesn't mean they don't need him. How many games do they have to win before it does? Uh, all of them. <laughs> they go 27-0. <laughs> Finish the season. All right, I guess it is. They're better without him. 
You convinced me. Uh, but anyway, we'll see how they do tonight. Uh, if you missed it, we did have the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, Terry Fontenot, and the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Raheem Morris, on the show in the noon hour. Both of those interviews available on the website, 929thegame.com. Both of those interviews available on the podcast page. Subscribe to the Andy and Randy podcast. We also got the audio fixed. So yes. I guess yesterday sounded kind of weird. Yeah. Today should sound better. And they may be on Facebook, too. The interviews might be on Facebook. <laughs> We're seeing if we can. Oh, they are. They're going to be on Facebook, too. So it doesn't matter what kind of social media you use. There you go, Fred. There you go, Magic Fred. We got it on Facebook for you. Uh, also, at this time on Tuesdays, Brandon Adams joins us to talk some Georgia football and college football in general. Brought to you by R.S. Andrews, air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electrical. B.A., how are you? I am doing great. And if you don't mind me saying this real quick, I got a chance to hear some of the Raheem Morris. I think a coach like that that speaks so clearly to the fans, direct message, easy to follow, easy to understand. I don't know if he's going to win or not. Yeah. But, man, that communication is a valuable asset. I really do think that. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I, there, there's only so many ways these guys are going to answer certain types of questions this time of year. I get that. Like, the you could ask a guy a question in February and get a different answer than if you asked him the same question in July just because yeah. they, ha- they have to be a little bit more – close to the vest this time of year and all that kind of stuff. But I really liked his answer on what happens when we disagree. Like, I, yeah. I, I know that it, it would be very um, easy for guys and probably even common and maybe not even incorrect for guys to be like, you know, at the end of the day, to hell with you, I'm the head coach. you got to listen to me. Buck stops here. Right. He was like, no, it's, you know, doesn't really serve anybody to do that. Like, we have to have an open line of communication. Sometimes I'm wrong. I need to listen to my guys. The best thing we can do is, is be collaborative. I know that's their word, but I don't know. I, I loved his answer on that one. He also did heap praise on Kirby Smart at the podium earlier today as well. I'm sure you saw that. Well, you always like that. But I just think he comes from an honest place, and to me that's a, that's a good place to come from. Yeah, me too. I, I agree with that totally. Um, let me get your take on this, and I don't just mean specifically Del McGee or any of the hires that were made. Like, big picture – when Georgia loses coaches and or Georgia hires coaches, what is your general uh, opinion of these hirings, these comings and goings? I think that you want to be the kind of program that guys are leaving to go get, I would say, better jobs. You can sort of debate group of five head coach in the current era about like what kind of job that is. It's the job that Dale McGee really wanted. But I think you want to be the kind of a program where coaches come through they grow and they go get a chance to be a head coach. McGee becomes the third position coach that George had, not coordinator, position coach that's, less, that's left to become a head coach. You kind of want that. It's sort of like the same parallel with players. It's good to have some seniors, but you don't want all seniors. What you want are juniors who leave to go to the NFL draft. That's what you want. You want players who are really good and really talented, so talented that they're you know propelled to leave sooner than they could. Same thing for the coaching ranks there as well. You want, you want upwardly mobile, ambitious coaches, and you want to be the kind of program that develops them so they can move on to the next phase because there'll always be guys waiting in the wings. There'll always be the next opportunity there. So it is an unrealistic viewpoint to say, let me have 10 great coaches and hold on to them right. all forever. If you can hold on to them forever, that means they're not great. Yeah, that's true. That's true, true B.A. But, oh, I, I, or they're really old. Really, well, really old. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't want to – like rank who's lost, who, which coaching loss is, is uh, you know, the catastrophic word, whatever the word is. But tell me, what do you what do you think about Dale McGee? Because he seems like a guy that a lot of people thought should have had a head coaching job maybe a few years ago. What do you think about that process of him taking a job over at Georgia State? Yeah, I think it probably should have happened sooner. I mean, McGee's another uh, one of these guys who. 
look, I think that he has been incredibly influential on the culture that's existed in Georgia. He's one of the first Kirby Smart coaching guys, one of the guys mm-hmm. that's been with him since 2016. And so, you know, I had, uh, you know, obviously been thinking for a couple of years, hey, the next step for him is probably being a head coach. However, I have to admit that you know, we've also seen this thing, you know, the previous Georgia State coach left to go be a position coach in the SEC. I do think the, the, the group of five head coaching jobs have been downgraded a little bit because of the talent drain. You know, the transfer portal is taking anybody who might have NFL aspirations kind of yep. away from the group of five to the yep. power five. In fact, watch this year's draft in a few weeks and see how few kind of group of five players actually get drafted, far fewer than there used to be, just simply because those guys are all leaving. So you know, I would say the group of five head coaching positions not for everybody anymore, but obviously for McGee it comes with the opportunity to coach his son. And I just think, He's just ready to be kind of his own man, leading his own program, and I certainly salute him for wanting to do that. And frankly, if he's going to do that, I'm glad he's doing it here in the Atlanta area so we can keep a little bit close eye on him and watch him. I think a lot of Georgia fans will be more than happy to root for Georgia State, you know, under those circumstances. So I'm really happy for him and glad that he's doing it close to home. We had a chance to actually interview him yesterday, too. He was on the show. If folks missed that, Georgia State fans are listening or whatever, and you missed our, our interview with Del McGee, that's available on the website as well. It was a big week. If you're a new head coach in the Atlanta area, you're likely going to be on the midday Tuesday. show with Andy and Randy. Um, so, so we didn't get a chance to talk to you last week, B. I know you're, you're on vacation, obviously well-earned. Um, but the, the conversation we had about – the meetings about the college football playoff, they, they went to 5-7 for the 12-team, and then immediately the next day we're like, all right, now we got to go 14 or 16. I don't know why, but something about that just felt gross to me. Like I, I've sort yeah. of dealt with all of this stuff fine and been like, ah, it's just the state, state of things in college football. Like I watched the Pac-12 evaporate last year, and I was like, that, that happens, you know? Uh, but something about immediately pivoting to more that quickly, just, ugh, I don't know why I didn't like it so much. But anyway, interested to get your take on, on that. Here's why it concerns me. I think if the three of us were on the radio or just sort of sitting around and talking, I think we would all agree there are like some legitimate concerns about college athletics right now, legitimate concerns. And maybe we don't always know exactly how to articulate what they are, but we all have a sense that something's wrong. And when you find out, well, oh, the SEC, the Big Ten, these are the you know, leagues that are powerful enough to do something about this. And instead of doing something about it, they're like chasing down every dollar bill that's not nailed to the floor. Like something about that just sort of feels like, you know, of all the issues we're facing in the sport right now, the SEC and the Big Ten not getting enough money is not one of those things. And the college football playoff not being big enough is not necessarily one of those things. I'm actually not that against – I mean, I could tolerate the playoff moving to, like, 16 teams. That, yeah. that wouldn't bother me. I think 32 is too many, but I think the 12 is <laughs> better than four. Um, I, I yeah. kind of like a somewhat expanded playoff. But I'm like you. The timing of saying, okay, we're going to do this now prior to the actual 12-team playoff being implemented, what it shows you is, is, to me anyway, the people who do have the power to perhaps do something about the significant issues facing college athletics, all they're really worried about is, how do I get more money and how do I get a better position for my league, which is in a way their, their job, but it just sort of goes to show you there's not really a caretaker, uh, a real stakeholder right now saying, what do we need to do to make sure college football still exists 20 years from now? You know, I, I, I don't know that those people right now are stepping to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And I do think, I don't want to be like alarmist, that's probably overstated, but I do think that people ought to be having some real conversations about what's truly happening, you know, in the sport right now. And, Figuring out how we expand the playoff before it actually expands the first time does not feel like the right tone. 
Uh, I, obviously, going back to George real quick, BA. When you lose coaches, you have to bring some in, and and uh, I, it it didn't. I was not surprised that James Cole is back. Cole, you know, Cole is my main man and everything. But what was your thought yeah. process, and maybe some of the the people that like listen to your show and call into your show, what their thought process was about bringing Cole back after what ha- I think people kind of soured on him after his year as the OC here. Yeah, so being in the Georgia talk business has been interesting the last few years because there is very little negativity that's ever a part of the discussion because things have been going so well for Georgia. That was not true when James Coley was offensive coordinator in 2019. And, Randy, you know, I do have to confess, I did not think he did a good job as offensive coordinator here in 2019. Their sort of points scored in SEC games is probably sort of the best example of kind of how – and why that was true. But I absolutely believe that he is, I think, potentially a great fit, but certainly highly capable and qualified for this particular job. He is a great recruiter. Uh, the players do seem to really like him. And while, you know, issues happen with the uh, offensive coordinator situation in 2019, maybe that was his fault. Maybe they were extenuating circumstances. I guess uh, that's to be determined in a future date. But being back here in this role is the kind of thing I am personally okay with. Now, for some Georgia fans, this was a little bit, I want to say controversial, but it was certainly a conversation starter. And yet uh, there's no doubt in this particular role that Coley is more than capable of getting the job done. In fact, he was successful in this spot prior to becoming offensive coordinator. It's just that the 2019 uh, tenure as the OC did not go very well. But uh, as a wide receivers coach, I think the Georgia fans ought to be pretty happy. About it. Yeah, I mean, you got to be, I mean, you got to be searching to be mad about that. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, again, whatever. Like, you're a fan, fan how you want. You get reaction, yeah. and that's good. People are fired up, hey, and that hey, matters. BA, if yeah. you're mad about the wide receiver coach yeah. who's been there and succeeded, and Kirby yeah. knows, and everyone loves him because he had one bad yeah. year as an OC, then you're just looking to be mad. I, I want to get Petty BA in here because they did get a running back coach, and he's from um, uh, the school right down the street from here. Your, your, your thoughts on that, BA? I mean, listen, I think if you're Georgia Tech, the fact that you had an assistant coach that was good enough to be on Georgia's radar, I mean, that just tells me about the growth of the program here over the course of the last 12 months. And if you take anything from this, if you're a Yellow Jacket, that's the thing I think you take from it probably. Wow, that was so smarmy. So smarmy and fantastic. That was really well done. Really well delivered. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate it, B. Good to be with you guys. Appreciate Brandon it. Adams there, oh, host man. of the Dog Nation Daily. That's beautiful. Like, Because you knew he had something. I do. You knew he had I do. That's why. Yeah. Well, you ought to be honored that we even stooped to your level to steal one of your coaches. Wow. Uh, check out the uh, Dog Nation Daily podcast. He's a uh, Dog Nation Georgia insider as well. Follow him on and Twitter petty as hell. at Dog Nation Daily, and one of the pettiest, <laughs> one of the pettiest. And it's like he's got it for Georgia Tech for sure, yeah. but the real pettiness is for Florida. Like yes. every chance he gets, yes. man, just shots. <laughs> and why wouldn't he? <laughs> it's your rival. They're down. <laughs> Kick them. Um, all right, we'll come back. We'll get to an AMA. Phone lines are wide open. 404-726-0929 If you want to call us and ask us a question, I got a question for you, Randy. I got an NBA MVP question for you in the AMA. Okay. It's not what you think. Okay, you saw I looked at you. No, it isn't. It's not what you think. Oh. We'll be right back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Cave Store. Up your Man Cave game this season at mancavestore.com. Before we get to the AMA questions, I was thinking about this on the way in. We didn't have a chance to talk about it at all. Maybe we'll get more into it tomorrow. Five straight NBA MVPs have been international players. Yes. Almost guaranteed that there's going to be an international MVP this year as well. Yes. Who's the next American-born NBA player to win MVP? Jason Tatum. Really? Yes. You think so? Yep. 
but he's having such a good year this year. Yep. He's got so much talent around him, it almost like doesn't I, let him win. He's going to win. You think so? Yep. I think he's the next American. Okay. Yeah, because you said, you said in the break I couldn't use Anthony. You can't use Anthony Edwards. Yes. Yeah, because so that would be my answer. Yeah. Probably. No, I'm going to I'll say Jason Taylor. Okay. Yep. When? Uh, next year. Okay. He wins the next year. I hope you're right. Not that I really care that much one way or the other. It doesn't really bother me that international players win the MVP. Right. Like, some people get mad about it. Right. But, like, I mean, probably either Shea, Gilgis, or Jokic yeah. is going to win it this year. Right. Luka may be able to sneak in there, too, because they're playing good. Mm-hmm. Luka's going to be in the mix for years. Years. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Luka wins it next I'll be year. Okay. I hope you're right. Yeah. Uh, Davis is in Marietta. Hey, Davis. Hey, guys, a couple of quick points before I ask you a question. What a breath of fresh air to listen to Fontenot and Raheem uh, that actually have personalities on the radio. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is a breath of fresh air for them to be able to communicate with the radio guys in Atlanta. And secondly, have you seen the the salary for the Georgia State head coaching position lately? No. I mean, I don't blame the man. But here's my question. Um, you're known as a brother from another mother. So was I. I had a guy at UGA in the '80s. Mm-hmm. We were best buddies. I introduced him to his wife. Well, sweet. We both still talk about the girl. Did you have the girl? Both of you have great wives, and you're you're, you're good to go. Huh. But was there that one girl that you could have, that you may have, but you didn't? But you could have. Hell Thanks no. Of course not. Hell no. Absolutely not. It was made for my I, wife. He was a, that's my rib. What the hell are you yeah, talking about? Exactly. Davis? One woman in that the one, universe. The one, and I don't just mean now. The one woman that got away. In the history of mankind that was made for me. And I Dude. fortunately married her. Man, I'm, in that, I'm, in that, I'm in that good grace, dog. Pretty good chance she's listening right now. All the way. Yeah, mine too, probably. <laughs> All the way. Uh, I guess I don't know. <laughs> just for for the sake of following up on his comment, what I googled says the salary of the head coach at Georgia State for the head football coach is eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, that's a lot of money. Well, yeah, it's a lot of money. What, I'd take that. Uh, <laughs> I'd take it. Like, I don't know what he's making in Georgia. Uh, probably more than that. Okay. Oh, I guess I don't know. I really I, don't. I don't know. know. I'm really not sure. But uh, I mean, yeah, good for good for him. Man. Yeah, but he's not. You know, it's not a power five job. I mean. It's, the money's not going to be the same. Right. But good for him, man. Good for him. Lace is in Ackworth. Hey, Lace. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hi, Lace. Hey, man, I appreciate y'all letting me crack open this mic today. My first time getting able to, uh, to call in with you guys. Thanks for calling. Are you, Lace, Lace, you in a convertible? No, no, man. Unfortunately, I'm in a, I'm in a, a Ford Maverick. <laughs> a lot of wind noise. That's not unfortunate. <laughs> that sounds nice. Hey, hey but I'm, I'm, saving, I'm saving gas with this hybrid. There you go. There you go. Hey, but no, I did have a question for you guys. Um, what do you guys think about, let's say, if we don't get the draft, the quarterback in the draft, and we do, say, take Russell, Russell Wilson for a couple of years, and we follow that up with drafting somebody like Shadur Sanders to take over the reins 
after Russ kind of fizzles out. What do you guys think about that? I hate that idea. I hate I hate the idea <laughs> because I don't want to. No be, I don't want to build for next year. Yeah, Shador Sanders isn't in the draft until next year. Yeah. In order to get him, you probably have to suck yeah, this I'm year. Not, I don't. I'm not feeling. I mean, I would love to have Shador here. Don't get me wrong, but no, that's exactly what it means. That you yeah. stink. The, that means the you path gotta, towards that means getting you him suck this year is not a fun path. Yeah. Yeah. And more likely, worse than seven until like Shador Sanders is probably if, a top five draft pick next year. If he plays the way he played this year, yeah, yeah Shador's gonna be a top ten pick. Yeah, so you don't want to back in the top ten. Yeah, so no. I don't want. No, no, I'm not saying I hate the idea of the Falcons having Shador Sanders. Yeah. I'm saying I hate what it would take in order yes. for them to get to having Shador Sanders. Like if they sign Russell Wilson and they're bad enough to get that guy, then everything sucks for the next year. Yeah. I don't want to do that. No, we just did that for six years. Yeah, man. Except for here's the difference: <laughs> they'd be worse than that. Because in order to draft that guy, you'd have to be worse. Yeah. Worse than the eighth pick. No, 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 no. Don't want that. Why do people do that? <sighs> you know what? Because he's know, not the first person know, no, I've heard no, no. suggest that. I want to know that, too. Why is it okay? Like, and I understand there's a hard cap in football. I understand it. It's a hard cap in football. But why is it that you want the Hawks to spend all the money, you want the Braves to spend all the money, but the Falcons, uh, uh, if the cap permits it? <laughs> I don't want to use up all that cap space for that guy. Yeah, you. it is interesting. I don't understand it. it. Why, do you, why would you want to be a bridge, have a bridge until next year? That means, yeah. dude, do you doubt, and I'm sure, what's his, what was his name? Lace. Lace. I'm sure Lace is a big-ass Falcon fan. Yeah. Do you remember how miserable it was last year? It wasn't fun. It was not fun. So why would you fun. want to go through that again yeah. to, with the possibility of getting up against your door? It is an interesting commentary, though, on what football has conditioned us to do. Because yeah. you're right. Like, because I heard um, uh, Amin, I forget what his name is, but it's a former ESPN guy, basketball going? guy, he had a great point about just the way we talk about football versus the way we talk about other sports. The NFL has done such a good job of making everything seem so complicated mm-hmm. and like high-minded right. and like like elite uh, academic understanding status that you'll be like, yeah, you know, just suck for a while. Yeah. But I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna hold them to this standard, and I don't understand it all that much. So I'm not gonna talk about that. Like, no, man. Expect your teams to be good. Yeah. Expect them to get good players immediately. I understand the salary structures in leagues are different. So what? Spend all your money and yeah. get good players. That's all I want. Yeah. Frank is in Fayetteville. Hey, Frank. Hey, fellas. How are we doing today? Good. Hey, so the morning shifts were talking about wrestling this morning. And so it got me thinking, what do you think was the best heel turn, right? Uh, I got two. Uh, of course, when Hogan went Hollywood. Right. And then uh, when HPK turned on Bret Hart. Uh, oh, I tell you, I tell you what's so crazy about you just talk about wrestling. For some reason, I got, uh, I watched the uh, Roman Reigns, uh, his, FB, his WWE thing yesterday because he's number one of the new like, I like watching they have the documentaries on the former wrestler. So I sat there and watched his and I went down this whole wrestling thing. Well I started I watched like four of them over. And the one with Hollywood Hogan, if I if I wasn't if I was younger, I would I would have cried because that's how much of a big Hulk Hogan fan that I was. So I would have cried when that happened. So that's definitely number one. Uh, I wasn't surprised that Shawn Michaels turned on on Brett Mike um, on uh, Bret Hart. Uh but I tell you when when because I was again was a macho man, Randy Savage guy. And he, he was always iffy. And when the mega powers broke up because he thought he was messing around with Elizabeth, broke my heart as a kid, man. Big Randy. And also, like, the main, I'm never Andy. I might have been seven. Main event. And it was one of the things, WWF, main event. It would come on maybe every third Saturday. You would get a chance to watch it because you didn't have pay-per-view. And I'll never forget when Andre the Giant ripped Hulk Hogan's cross and his shirt off. And it just broke my heart as a kid. Now that I was like, just broke my heart. Just, 
How you gonna do that? And then Bobby the Brain Heenan. None of you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't about, know any of it. But I remember I cried. On none of it. When Andre the Giant grabbed well, he grabbed Hulk Hogan, right? I know who those guys are. Yeah, he grabbed Hulk Hogan and he ripped Hulk Hogan's shirt off and his chain and left a scratch on him. What? Yeah, man. The audacity. Yeah, dog. Hurt me. I will say I'm glad he asked about that because I was thinking about it this morning because I know they did. I think it's like a top five list. Yeah. Heel turns. And I saw some of uh, Mike and Bo on Twitter and going back and forth with people. It did just reiterate to me like, damn, I am so on the fringe when it comes mm. to that. Like, I don't know any of it. I don't mm. know anything what he was talking about. I know two of the people you named, maybe, mm. of the ten people you just named. But, like, so many people know so much stuff and I don't have know. so I don't, many man, opinions about it. I don't know it. nothing about Rosslyn today. Now, sure. all of that stuff, when Rosslyn would, I know all them. Yeah. I know all them folks. It's just like, what am I Because I don't know. No, no, not Roman. I, Randy Orton, that's what it was, I just bro. feel like I feel like for the amount that they know about that, mm-hmm. there should be something in my life that, Whenever they're spending time watching that, I should be spending my time doing something else. But I don't know what I'm doing because I don't know anything that in-depth otherwise. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, all right, they got wrestling. What do I have? I don't know. What am I doing when they're watching wrestling? I need to be learning or You're something. watching basketball. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's because Ole, Ole Anderson or died. Or other, yeah. or other sports. Okay. You know. The legendary Ole Anderson died today, so that's why. Like two days ago. Yeah, two right. days ago. So, yeah. Okay. Devin is in Kansas City. Hey, Devin. All right, two quick questions because I'm in my hiding spot at work. If you Terry, do you bring back bring him back Calvin Ridley for the other receiver spot? I would. And my second question is hiring like a landscape company to handle all the yard work or are you going to do it yourself this spring or summer? <laughs> Come on, man. Okay. I think you know the answer you know to the answer those to questions for both of us. No, well, me, you know what I want to do. I just had to talk to my wife. My wife, the camera in the backyard was going off. And so that's why I was like, I was looking at her and I went on the intercom on the security system. Get your ass out the backyard. <laughs> all right, she wants to try to redo the whole damn yard. And she got all these damn ideas. She just saw people come down and cut down some trees in the backyard. Now she want to cut down trees. All right? <laughs> so all you need is one of these things to hook your hips around to the – yeah. This is her. This oh, is my, this yeah, is my wife. Oh, definitely don't all do that. All you got to do is get a string and hang definitely on to the branch. Definitely don't do that. This is my wife. Yeah, no, definitely hire. That's why hire, you can't have a chainsaw. Definitely hire professionals to cut trees. That's down. why you can't have like, a that's chainsaw. That's what you don't want to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be doing all the yard work. I did get the the sprayer out yesterday yeah. just to test it. Uh, that thing is awesome. That's going to be really nice. Oh, like that, that's uh, going to it's going to cut my. It was going to take me the rest of the year uh, to paint that fence by yes. hand. Now it's probably only going to take me half of the rest of the year <laughs> to paint that thing <laughs> with the sprayer. So we're good. We're good. We're going to do it ourselves. Let's get the takeaways of the day. As our show heads into the final stretch, it's time for the takeaway of the day. So many achievements. On Andy and Randy, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Takeaways of the day every day to wrap up the show. Uh, according to Dave O'Brien, uh, Chris Sale looked really damn good. Two perfect innings, topped out at 97 miles per hour. Ooh. So, yeah, so he looked like he was pretty good. Uh, Mike Conti has flow, and Andy Bunker's best friend's mom saw his junk. <laughs> Only once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we put an end to that. Uh, Raheem Morris has never uh, gone speed dating. I think he actually struck out the side in order in the second inning. Yeah, man. So uh, get off, haters. Uh, the NFL Combine is like speed dating a sugar mama. Yes. And uh, Andy can run faster than a person in a wheelchair, but only uphill. Damn. <laughs> uh, you don't have to throw spaghetti against the wall to check it out. Just, you can just, just pop it right just in. Just eat it. Just eat it. Just pop it right in. All right. We'll go out and see what Dukes and Bell have for you next. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.